Hello and welcome to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel and our Child's Play Retrospective Podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films that are currently in production through our publisher, We Are Tessellate. We Are Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome Jesus. back to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel and we are into our sixth Child's Play movie. I was about to say Chucky movie because they firmly feel like Chucky movies by this point. But no, it's a sixth Child's Play movie. We're on Curse of Chucky from 2013. I'm your host for Al White and joining me in this entire little Dolly Parade, Alexander Chard. I didn't want to miss the Dolly Parade. <laughs> Alison Holland. I feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> then you're in the right place. Because then we're going to be talking Chucky, Chucky, Chucky. So it has been nine years. So in our last podcast, for anyone, for whatever reason, jumping on this one, we had left off the seed of Chucky. All of us are feeling a little bit deflated, I think. (laughs) is the only word. And I think safely saying none of us were interested in another Child's Play movie necessarily. No, we were not. Correct. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) No, we were not. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I don't think I said this in the last one. I'm always willing to forgive any of the horror icons get another show like i'm always up for another episode in any crappy horror slasher film is that because yeah because you have watched so many horrors and watched so many horror franchises that you know that a good one could be around the corner i'll just watch anything why just because you watch anything? <laughs> great it wasn't as complex then. no no it is yeah i mean i just like the characters so i'm always you know i mean yeah sure if they if you got burnt maybe three times in a row maybe i'd lose touch but but yeah, that you never know when a good one's going to come. Like they just turn up in strange places. Mm. Like you can be, you know, I mean, for the Jason films, which we covered, it's all over the fucking map. <laughs> it really is. And it's all down to your personal taste. I mean, with Texas, for me personally, the last one was, you know, one of the very, very best of that series. Yep. It's, yeah, it's all over the place. And that's why, you know, you come back for this stuff. And it's been nine years without a Child's Play movie. That's the longest gap that they've had. Yep. I think. I'm just saying things now. <laughs> Confirmed. But yeah, what's the reasoning for that? Well, we were in reboot territory is the reason for it. Like we have so many reboot films coming out. Uh, we're Platinum Dunes are doing all their stuff. So we did have the Friday 13th remake in between. We had the Nightmare on Elm Street remake in between. We had Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes in between. Tons of stuff. And they kept trying to get a Child's Play 1 up and running. And they kept struggling. And the reason is because if you might remember, throw your, throw your mind back to the original Child's Play, MGM put out that first child's play movie and then do you remember they had that whole debacle where they were going to get bought out and they were worried that the people buying them out were too pc uh, pg friendly so they wouldn't want a child's play film in the roster so then universal ended up buying the rights and then they didn't get bought out in the end so mgm kind of wanted it back the problem is mgm still own the original property for the first film they don't own the franchise or the characters but there is a whole litigious nightmare as don mancini calls it of what they do own and what they don't if you're going into a remake uh, so Universal can keep making sequels, but if you're actually going to touch that original story again, and potentially I don't even know, but just call it Child's Play, don't think you're allowed to without MGM being Signing involved. off on it. Yeah. With a and big pen. They'd, with a huge pen. Mm-hmm. Four people to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> if 
So they tried for years and years and years. And a few times they said they were close, but Don Mancini also in an interview with them where he said like, it was just too, it was just too much. And then by the time they were getting closer, the remakes weren't making the money that they were. People were turning against the Nightmare on Elm Street remake and things like that. So he felt like they'd missed the boat with that kind of thing. So what he decided instead was let's make a sequel, but we, we want to do a tonal reboot. Um, he, like I said, like he was proud of Seed of Chucky and will to this day still stand up for that film, but he appreciated most people didn't enjoy it. So his idea was to go back to the tone of the first film as much as possible. A tonal recall, if you will. <laughs> Silence. And... <laughs> <laughs> And Universal, I don't know if that was a grieving silence. <laughs> Something beautiful just died. It was my respect for you. Yeah, but it, I mean, Domasini again, he's very humble about it. He, he feels very grateful that they kept him on. He said, particularly after Seed of Chucky, the fact that they let him come back and direct again, because we don't, I don't think we said it at the end of the last podcast, because I didn't want to scare you both. But this is him back again in the director's chair, returning after Seed of Chucky to make another movie after all this time. And I remember reading about this when it was happening and I wasn't really that involved. I was aware of the Charles Play. Yeah, I'd seen them all, but I wasn't like heavily involved with the Charles Play films or counting down the days to a new one like I was Friday the 13th or something. But I remember hearing about it and then reading it was Tom Mancini attached and I kind of knew his name. Mm. So I looked him up and I was like, wait, this guy's the guy who created Charles Play and has written all of them, directed the worst of them. It's like, why would you wait nine years? Yeah. Do what they were definitely pitching as essentially a reboot. And that is, I mean, they weren't like saying this is, you know, we're remaking the original, but it was saying this is like, you know, reshuffling the deck, starting from scratch again, basically. Um, they weren't talking, they weren't saying the word sequel very much at all in all of the marketing and stuff. I was like, why would you bring him back? Like, mm. surely this is your chance to get in new blood, to have something new to say with the Child's Play universe. It seems so strange, and for better or worse, like whether we end up liking this film or not, I think it's very strange. He's like he's like a weird Hollywood anom- anomaly in a world that's structured so much on short termism and money profits. Yep, here's a guy that's been given practically free reign. Yeah, to create this franchise and films has wanted. Yeah, from the very beginning. Is, that's insane. Yeah. It is insane. And good, the other, good on him. And he hasn't done anything else. <laughs> I mean, let's look at his IMDb right now. He wrote one little thing in 1988, the same year as Child's Play, which is called Cellar Dweller. <laughs> but he wrote that as Kit Dubois. Kit <laughs> Dubois, yeah. Which sounds like a Dumbala name to me. <laughs> he wrote one episode of Tales from the Crypt in 1990. But other than that, Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky. When Chucky became Mary, which was a short... A Child's Play Story 2, Father's Son Fury, which was a short. A Child's Play Story, Chucky's Revenge, another short. Horror movie, The Movie, a short. I wonder what his house looks like. Do you think it's just all Chucky everything? He did um, two episodes of of Hannibal. Yeah, and then after this movie, he did two episodes of Hannibal, which he wrote. But all he's directed is Seed of Chucky. And this one we're going to talk about today. And we'll get to what he does in the future. But yeah, for whatever reasons... Who knows why? He is a lovely guy. And I do think that gets people further than people think uh, in the film industry. People want to work with people who are easy to work with. And he does make money, to be fair. I mean, Cedar Chucky didn't make enough, but it still doubled its profits in the yep. in the box office, which yeah. is... So, doubled its budget, not its profits. That would be hard to do. But anyway, 
here we are. You guys didn't want it. It took nine years. You think maybe after nine years you'd have been willing to come back? Possibly. Possibly. I was just thinking that as we started. I was like, a nine-year gap is very, well, is obviously much bigger than a few days or a week or two. <laughs> that's true. Factually correct. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's factually correct. So maybe... <laughs> I, I think if you've seen back. all of them nine years later, it's just it becomes something that feels nostalgic. So I think any fan of Chucky, even if you hated the last movie, would probably go see this. Mm. And actually, uh, watching the trailer for this film, I think yeah. Actually, if I had seen the trailer, I would have been like, yeah, cool. I want to go check see it because it, it looks very, very different to to Seed of Chucky mm -hmm. for sure. But we should also say this is the first. Charles Play movie shot digital and also the first one to go straight to DVD. So it's taken a long time for this series to stop having cinematic entries. But Cedar Chucky did it. <laughs> this one's been relegated to the red boxes and the streaming services when it first came out. It was actually kind of hard to get hold of. Remember, it was a bit of a debacle. But yeah, whatever expectations that might set. So before we get into things, though, we like to do a little bit of landscaping. Uh, Alison Holland. Yes, that is me. I believe you may have the top 20 films of the year 2013. Have yes. we covered these on a different horror retrospective yet? Or is this the first time we dealt with 2013? We have covered it because you know what came out this year? Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah. Uh, so let's go through them I again. I remember one with... film in this list in particular really pissing you off. <laughs> yeah, let's see if it pisses Alex off as much as it pissed me off. Let's see. Time. So, as usual, we're going to start at number 20 with Identity Thief. No, don't know it. I still don't know this Melissa one. McCarthy. Ah. Oh. Jason Bateman. Oh, yeah, I like Melissa McCarthy. I like Jason Bateman. She's in another one in this like, list, like too. Either. She had a good year. Uh, number 19 is well, The Conjuring. <laughs> she worked. Yay! Yay! So, I haven't seen this. But you were giving me a rundown of this franchise, so... Yeah, we just watched recently. Yeah, well, so in order to prepare for a wrap-up episode, we've been watching some other doll films, and I want to show you some of the competitors. Mm -hmm. And Annabelle Creation was one that we were watching the other night. And you, that was your first in the Conjuring universe. Yeah, which is really the Conjuring universe. And I recommend the first Conjuring. I think the first Conjuring is a great roller coaster ride. I'm ready to dive in. Uh, number eighteen, <laughs> we have The Great Gatsby. <laughs> Great guy. Was that 2013? Baz Luhrmann. Evidently. We were having a bit of a Baz Luhrmann chat last night. We were. We're currently, me and Alex are currently in Vegas. And uh, oh, there's a Baz Luhrmann musical show. Mash musical mashup. The Baz Mash, Ooh. as they call it. Uh, which has Moulin Rouge, mm -hmm. Romeo and Juliet, mm -hmm. and also Craig Gatsby. Craig Gatsby. No Strictly Ballroom. Which I said was his best film. Uh, just incorrect. <laughs> but you said Romeo and Juliet. Romeo is absolutely his best That sounds one. like Ali's a cool show. Romeo sounds and like, Juliet. Sounds it's like one show. No, it's a the Vegas show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I think it's a play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, number 17, happened? we have American Hustle. Oh, yeah. Bradley Cooper. And, and yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Is that the one she won the Amy Academy of the Silver Lining Playbook? Yeah, this was like the his right. second film after Silver yeah. Lining Playbook, right? Everyone loved it. I was like, yeah, yeah. Christian Bale. Yep. Sixteen is We're the Millers. Ah, I thought that was pretty funny. I liked this movie. Jennifer Aniston. I thought it was funny. Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. I didn't see it. Jennifer no Aniston. It's a good one. No snark from me. 
We all know what you think about comedy. American <laughs> comedy. I don't like fun. That's why I didn't like Seed of Chucky. Number 15, another Melissa McCarthy. We have The Heat. Yeah. Didn't see this one. Bullock. Is this one good? I actually did, I and I did funny. not have high hopes for it. Just from the trailer, I thought it looked pretty silly and not in a fun way. But I actually really enjoyed it. Maybe because I went in with a All low right. bar. Okay, Alison Holland said it here first. It was fun. Fourteen. We have the Crudes. Oh, that was an animated caveman film. Yep. Didn't see it. <laughs> I don't think anybody saw it. Actually. Nick Cage. <laughs> Mm, Nick Cage. Yep, Nicholas Cage, As Ryan Reynolds, Cage. Emma Stone. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that would nearly got me to see it. But, uh, <laughs> what other things could I have seen instead? Instead, the movies that made more money at number thirteen, we have World War Z. Mm, or mm. Z. I like this film. Z. Yeah, that's all right, isn't it? The book's very interesting. And it's very different, right? Yeah, it's just in a set of different accounts. It's like a found footage book, essentially. Ooh. Different yeah, different letters and emails and accounts from different people. Uh, whereas the film's just, you know, Brad Pitt film. Yeah. But a decent Brad Pitt film. Yeah, pretty good. Brad I think people are just angry because the, the book's so interesting and the film just it's basically a zombie. It has nothing to do with the book, really. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but we're getting a World War Z 2, I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, that's they've talked about that for ages though. haven't they just haven't they just we'll see brad <laughs> we'll see. see what don mancini was making it it would happen yeah number 12 we have thor the dark world my least favorite marvel mcu movie i think yeah i think so every <sighs> time we every time it. we hit these i have to bring up one day we might do the mcu mm. but it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more daunting to Actually, I think I have seen bits of this. I've, I've seen bits of all the Thor films except Ragnarok. The, the only have, Thor I film I haven't see. seen them. Yeah, I haven't watched them all the way through. Ragnarok is fantastic. That's what I've heard. Only film I've seen four times in the cinema Whoa. in the last 10 years, I think. Oh my God, nerd. He <laughs> <laughs> gets his top off. <laughs> only movie I've ever seen four times is in the theater is Big Hero 6. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that was in the same day. So it's pretty fun. Nerd. Yep. <laughs> what made more money than Thor Dark World? <laughs> Hopefully many things. Eleven things did. Well, eleven oh, films shit. this year. Star Trek into Darkness. Is this the, the uh, worst of the Star Trek? Beginning Treks? of the end for JJ Abrams. Yeah. <laughs> no, people hated this movie. I thought it was alright. I don't remember anything about it to be honest. This is the one Simon Pegg wrote? Yeah, some pig wrote it. Benedict Cumberbatch. No, love you, Simon. Simon. Did he write that one or did he write the third one? Don't care. Love you, Simon. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> he listens to this, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I love you, Simon Pegg. Getting Boys. into the top 10, we have Oz the Great and Powerful. <laughs> what? Oz? Yeah, Oz the Great and Powerful. The one with James Franco. Oz is number 10? Yeah. You're fucking kidding me? Yeah. James Franco's. Was this Brian Singer? Is this something else? No, it I wasn't did Brian not Singer, see this. That was Jack the Beanstalk thing. Mm-hmm. I that That's the Beanstalk. You, you would have been perfect. You're very lanky. Thank you. Nice leaves. Uh, was it <laughs> number 10? Perfect for climbing. Uh, that was number 10. Number 9 is Fast and Furious 6. There it is. Yep. Vin Diesel. Uh, this was the beginning of the end. <laughs> was it or was this the beginning of the no. second coming? Of- well, no, four was the beginning of second coming. Five was when it really cemented itself. Six, I think was still being fun and silly. I really... Is I- when they brought in Rock? The Rock? I think I'm fine. Yeah, he's in this one. Rock. 
Dwayne the, the Rock Sick, Johnson. But he, yeah, I really fell off the boat at some point, like hard, and it may have been at six. Or it they might, drive cars, not boats, but whatever. At, <laughs> that's where it's going to go next. Uh, <laughs> number eight. Clearly didn't watch it. Number eight is The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Terrible. And I love Lord of the Rings. And I love The Hobbit. Hmm. But these films weren't great. I still, I only watched the first one in the cinema and I didn't see the other two. Every now and then I'm like, when I'm bored, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch the Hobbit trilogy uncut yeah. versions that extended. Just because I haven't done it. And you're like, well, something to do. I was also waiting because I thought someone would you'd edit it all into just what the book was. Yeah. Take all three and edit them into just that. There you go. That's what we should do. <laughs> Little side project. <laughs> Allie. All right, moving on to number seven is Monsters University. Oh, I liked oh, Monsters yeah. University. I saw this. It was fun. I didn't Nowhere see this. I need to see it. First one. I liked Monsters Inc. Yeah, you'd like it. Yeah, it's just like it's 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 fun and sweet, and I mean, yeah, it's completely fluff, but I thought it was good fluff. Mm. I mean, Monsters Inc. is still up there, possibly as my favorite Pixar. Pigstar. Pixar <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah, have you seen Coco? No. Everyone's oh. raving Come about on. it. Wow. Go see Coco. Go right. see Coco. I listen to the soundtrack to. way too often. It's so good. Uh, number six is Gravity. Oh, Gravity. Everyone turned against Gravity. I love this movie. But I think in all the conversations I had, yeah, Sandra Bullock, George mm-hmm. Clooney, Alf- Alfonso Cuar- Cuaron, how do you say his name? Yeah. I think this is a director's movie. That's what I think. That's the, That's the kind of end result i came to with the people i argued with about it because Nerd. i just love it so much from a director's <laughs> point of view i love like the opening single shot floating through space i love yeah. the camera movements to get inside her helmet and then pull out of it in single movements mm-hmm. i think just the entire yeah like the command of visual and sound is so good in this movie i fucking love it i think it's, it's actually for me a near perfect movie Great. and i hate sandra bullock really i really do yeah wow she'll always be speed to cruise control to me can't you give a speed one though she wasn't good in that let's be honest keanu he wasn't great in it either it's just the movie was great <laughs> let's be brutally honest no one was really great in speed it's just a great movie no comment <laughs> <laughs> number five i don't understand her she's an anomaly she's come back from nowhere no comment <laughs> i don't understand how sandra bullock went from being in my generation one of the most laughed at actresses and somehow convinced everyone through that what's that soppy one with football players that she's a great actor yeah don't understand it anyway anything else nope all right i'm angry about it number five man Was of that steel the one that got me angry <laughs> oh man of steel i enjoyed this film i and did at this not point, see I this i had hopes I you had, hear that Craig I, Coban? I, I, yeah, I enjoyed DC this. fanboy Alex. <laughs> I, I enjoyed this film and I had high hopes for the DC universe that we were about to enter. Didn't you? Yeah, me too, actually. I didn't mind it. I, I really didn't like a whole bunch of it. Most of the ending where it turns into a Dragon Ball movie. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole bunch of stuff at the beginning I like. There's some Terrence Malick style shooting. Yeah, it's very pretty. And his flashbacks, which yeah. is pretty. It was when Zack Snyder still had some character before he just sold himself over to CGI smog and stupid yeah like this film has a soul yeah if you look at the other yeah, dc like films so I think far it's decent it's dc dc and <laughs> did it number four is despicable me too 
Oh. I, in my head, because I, th- I saw Despicable Me 1, and then there's been so much about Despicable Me 3 recently. In my head, it just went straight from 1 to 3. Mm. <laughs> Is that That's the uh, one with the wife. Michael Jackson song in the trailer. Sure. Yes. Right? What's the villain guy's name in that? Gru. The one that's Steve Atkinson. Atkinson. What's he What's he called? Groot. Gru. <laughs> G-R-U. That's the Steve Carell character, right? Yeah. I am Groot. Yeah. So once I was maybe in a, a moment like- of reflection and uh, uh, low self-esteem, I said to my wife, Bethany, that um, I was like, my body, I'm just like... I'm just like a rectangle with arms and legs. And she said, yeah, you look like the guy from Despicable Me. <laughs> well, I think it looks like Mr. Bean. Did that make you feel better? Nosferatu for Halloween. Oh, yeah. Felt great after that. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Sexy rectangle. That's quite a compliment. Sexy rectangle with stick legs and <laughs> gotta stick watch, arms. Got to watch out for those shoulders. You'll poke mm. your eye out. I know. All yes. right. <clears throat> Alexander White, we have entered the top three and That's still me. not passed the one that you hated. Oh, shit. I hate it when people, when the public makes bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Happens a lot, though, doesn't it? So, sitting at number three, we have Frozen. Oh. There it is. I still haven't seen it. And you really hate that. Oh, I fucking... Well, no. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I feel about Frozen... Sort of the way I do about Wonder Woman. Only Wonder Woman in that... See, Frozen isn't terrible. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's it's bafflingly nonsensical in its narrative. Like, it doesn't have a Disney narrative arc. It's just all over. It's just stuff happens. Yeah. And it's fine. Uh, but everyone loves it so much that it makes me angry. Because it's like, no. <laughs> it's Allison, just do you love fine. It? Do I love it? Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. I don't love it. It's fun to watch and it's entertaining and it's catchy. You've brainwashed her, Al. No, I know. (laughs) Years of working with me. And that's how I feel about Wonder Woman. Only one woman I do have, yeah, the end. If if it wasn't for the ending in Wonder Woman, that's how I'd feel about it. It's like, this is fine. Mm -hmm. But people getting so excited about it makes me angry. But the ending of Wonder Woman, yeah, has different issues. Have you ever talked about those in a podcast? I've never talked about, (laughs) I've never had the platform to really voice my opinions on Wonder Woman <laughs> and shout at our dear friend Nate Hertz. But end Adrian. of year 2017. When it came, oh, when it came out before. too, you and Adrian got into it on the podcast. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I think I nearly, there were a couple of bits I nearly convinced Adrian with, but um, Nate, harder, harder rock to chip. <laughs> I like to stoke the fire. Well, yeah, I really, I really lit that fire. <laughs> and then you sat back. Watched it burn as our friendship crumbled in front of you. <laughs> yeah, you can go and listen to uh, top movies of 2017 yeah, on our com. <laughs> Alex is fine. Uh, what are the top two movies then? It's got to get better, right? It's got to yep. get better. So, top two is Iron Man 3. Oh, man. Everyone doesn't like this. This is one of my favorite MCU movies. Really? Iron Man 3. Love it. I love Shane Black. I think Shane Black is such a personality as a writer director combo. And the middle chunk of this movie, I think, is fantastic. That's the part I hated. Oh, it's the best <laughs> bit. No, this is not my favorite MCU. Best. Do you film. like other Shane Black movies? I do, but I didn't like it in this Marvel tone. Okay, okay. Because it's so weird. Like that middle bit is just like I mean, it's no the nice guys, which is phenomenal, but it's very kiss kiss bang bang lethal weapon. It's just the middle chunk is just a Shane Black movie, but with Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man in it, rather than Robert Downey Jr. as a PI. Well, that's why I didn't like it. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Number one movie of 2013, not number one, highest grossing, 
is The Hunger Games Catching Fire. My was favorite. Was Hunger Games too? Yeah. Yeah, this is my favorite too. There we go. We yeah, agree on back something. On board. We're, back, we're friends again. It's a little all right. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to mend that. Hands down, the best one before it collapses completely. Yeah, like a last flannel in a cupboard. Oh, God. <laughs> Not <laughs> even a flan. A flannel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we had on a Texas Chainsaw podcast, we had some connections, didn't we? There was one of the writers of one of the Texas ones went on to do a Hunger Games Catching Fire or something. Mm. I remember us talking about it. Go listen to all 20 hours of that podcast to find out that oh, little Oh, man. Fact. Yeah, find that little gem. <laughs> there was a gem hidden in there somewhere. Anyway. We're past that nightmare and we're into this nightmare. Thank you very much, Alison, you for taking us through those top 20 films of 2013. Welcome. Alex is just going to tell us a few films very quickly, horror films of 20. Yes. Now, you've actually mentioned a few. Some years we do those top 20 and there's no horror films in it. Yep. That year, we had a couple. We had World War Z or Z and we had The Conjuring. Yeah, I think that was it. Yep. Alex has some others for us. What have you yeah, got? Yeah, so uh, what did you say? The Conjuring. You said World War Z. Mm-hmm. Um, before you also mentioned Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yes, that came out that year. Did not get in the top 20. Um, another remake, Evil Dead. Legitimately one of my favorite horror films of all time. My very, top very fun. Very Absolutely. Fun film. Uh, Carrie? Carrie remake. Yeah, Carrie, great. Carrie. Uh, Hatch, did you like that? I like it. Did, did my dog just heard that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that your stomach? <laughs> We're uh, eating soon. <laughs> Hatchet 3. Yeah, there's actually a new Hatchet coming out. I just found out Victor Crowley. Uh, this was when it's still directed by Adam Green yeah it's kind of fun i guess adam green doesn't make great films but he makes fun films and he's a nice guy okay nice guys finish last uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I spit on your grave too yeah uh, this is just important because there were a lot of these sort of remakes going on at that point of 70s films oh this is a remake is it well the sequel oh, remakes yeah okay the well, sequel yeah. of the remake yeah um okay uh the last exorcist exorcism what is it i didn't write it all the last exorcism as you wrote this down i watched you write last exo and at least gonna fucking forget last, <laughs> exorcism. last exo 2 mama yeah i don't like that film um vhs 2 yeah this is a good found footage anthology horror movies um vhs 2 is a good one yeah, okay it's a good one in the in the franchise good, yeah uh willow creek Another, uh, this is a Bigfoot uh, found footage film. Ooh, um, Sasquatch. Yep, yep. I prefer the Bigfoot tapes, I think it's yep. called. Yeah, so we're in this weird place right now where there's quite, there's still remakes happening, like Evil Dead, but most of them are in remake sequels right now with like Spirit on Your Grave, Texas 3D, and then we're in a lot of found footage stuff that's going on. Yeah. And then we're right on the cusp of the new age because we're right in paranormal activity time you see mm-hmm. so for para- so found footage is back and then paranormal activity kind of took us away from torture porn yeah because we've missed the entire torture porn era that's happened since the last chucky movie mm-hmm. and then we were just getting into spooky town yeah we're going supernatural now, we, right? we are going full-on supernatural and that's why the conjuring is coming out and then that's gonna we're still in it now technically we're still in spooky town uh but i feel people are getting restless yeah so i don't know what's gonna happen next i'm hoping slashes are gonna come back yeah we'll, we'll find out yeah that's it man yeah, so we are in a weird spot. So that's the thing. You're bringing back a Chucky film at this point. Slasher films. There's not a single slasher film there on that list other than Texas, which uh, Ali ruling. Is Texas a slasher film? Uh, go tune in and find out. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's go with yeah. I mean, that's the closest you've got. And it's a, and it's a slasher icon coming back. Yeah, so it's a weird time. It's a weird time. How do you bring him back? So Don Mancini saw what was happening and he wanted to do something new and he decided, you know what we've never done before? We haven't done Gothic. And that's where he wanted to go. 
you relish the idea to get rid of a bunch of elements that you'd had before to kind of get to do is redo trim the fat so to speak <laughs> trim that fat uh liposuction it out and then they're working with 1440 which is a subsidiary of universal which gave them a lot of freedom and they wanted this film and this i think is quite important when we get towards rulings they wanted this film to work as a standalone movie that was his idea with it yeah and like we said to go back to the tone of the original movie now chucky it's been this was the 25th anniversary at this point of when chucky had first appeared in cinema so it's kind of a big deal to come back with a new film and he had been kept alive over those nine years in comics he had a good run of a few not great stories but he was in hack and slash comics which are good fun um if people like slash villains you should read some hack and slash it's about this girl whose parents get murdered by a horror uh slasher and then she goes to track him down and he's basically jason but not in name and then she becomes friends with him because he's actually this big loafy friendly giant murderer <laughs> and then they decide to go around the world killing and tracking down and killing all of the horror icons in the world and that's the entire journey of hacker slash and it became so big then they started getting uh, like chucky and and other people do cameos in nice. it nice that sounds fun um it's good fun trashy but fun <laughs> yeah all right so let's get straight into it shall we we understand where we're coming from directed yet again by don mancini written only by don mancini ding dong <laughs> ding dong <laughs> starring fiona duriff as nika wait a minute out that name last name sounds familiar doesn't it just do you want to do you want to get into that right now no all right <laughs> uh daniel busudi as bob a. Martinez, sorry, as Father Frank, Maitland McConnell as Jill, Brianna Elliott as Ian, Chantel Quiznell as Sarah Rhymes, Summer H. Howell as Alice, and Brad Dourif returning as Chucky, but not just Chucky, for the first time in a long time as Charles Lee Ray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also a cameo for someone else, or two, but we'll get to them a little bit later. Yep. All right, so we open on the Universal Fanfare. Well, that's not it. <laughs> doom, doom. Doom, doom. Fuck, I forgot how that's it. That's, <laughs> no, that's 20th century. Well done. Anyway, we open on Universal Fanfare. I love Universal Fanfare. It's very catchy. Um, <laughs> very memorable. I think that's it. I think just enough notes were changed to not be litigious. <laughs> oh shit! Well done. <laughs> 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 So we open on a delivery truck approaching a house in the middle of nowhere. Immediately, for me, we got this more creepy, elegant, like, it's very much an immediate foot down of like, this is going to be a different type of film. For starters, there's no semen. Yep. They don't start with semen. I agree with you. Immediately from the tone you get, it's it, it feels so far removed from the last film. <laughs> Although I did write that it also has a very TV movie feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna get into some interesting feelings with the aesthetics here but yeah we, we immediately we meet a woman and her daughter mika in this big gothic house mika's in a wheelchair and the delivery guy hands her a package while chatting her up and it's of course a big doll-shaped package we all know what's happening here jeans <laughs> it's yep. gonna be more jeans for andy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, this is a really, this is actually kind of smart writing. There's a good expositional scene here where we learn a lot about her. We learn about her being in a wheelchair. We learn that she lives with her mom. We see the mom being very uncomfortable and we're not entirely sure why with this guy chatting her up. <laughs> and there's a very strange end of it where he says, is, is your mom there now? And she says, yeah. And then he just pauses and says, too bad. Too bad. 
<laughs> Otherwise, I would have fucked you on this doorstep. Wow. <laughs> it's so weird. Such yeah, a smooth line. Weird. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> also, he doesn't That'd pull that line off because right before then, he feels so friendly and he looks so friendly. So the second he's yeah, like, he is your mom home? You're like, what? <laughs> what did that no come chance. out of your mouth? I don't think so. Because <laughs> I was going to rub you. <laughs> Ali, how are you feeling from this from this immediate different tone? I mean, do you agree it's a different tone or are you feeling like you're in Don Mancini town? Hey, I'm happy to not start with semen, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think most girls would agree. You know, <laughs> that <laughs> sentence applies you know to saying? a lot of aspects of my I'm life. I'm always happy not to Very start with semen. Very happy to not start with semen. <laughs> So then, yeah, the mother comes over, tells her the guy was hitting on her, uh, but that, but then she kind of downplays her. No, he was just being nice. He wasn't hitting. Sorry, sorry. Tells her that the guy wasn't hitting on her. He was just being nice. Her. Yeah, very much. And then she's all deflated and looks upset about it. And yeah, like I said, I think we learn a lot about the setup here, which is we're immediately just in. We're immediately in, but also I felt that there was, you're, you're getting a lot of information about the characters, but I thought it was also a slow kind of introduction to who they were in this sort of time and place. We're getting a lot of backstory kind of elements, relationship dynamics, but still didn't necessarily know who they were and why they were here. Yeah. Which I really liked. Another thing I really liked was this was the first time it immediately sets up the house as a sort of spooky kind of house, an environment which we don't necessarily have in any of the other films. For me, it felt like the first time where... Sorry, it's my dog. It really felt like there was the first time where um, there was <laughs> environmental... You gotta give him a mic. Like, Got a lot to say. It feels like it was the first time they used a house to create... Or a house or, or an environment to create like this extra layer of tension and spookiness, which we hadn't seen. Yeah, for sure. And it feels... I mean, I don't know. It's very from the beginning. You feel like, oh, okay, we're going to be in this house. Like, that's how I felt straight away. I don't know why. You just get this impression. This has to be... These don't look like characters you're going to kill off in the first scene and then move on from. This clearly feels like our lead character. A bold decision, though. She's in a wheelchair. It's something that we don't get that often uh, in horror films. Weirdly, me and Alex just watched Animal Creation, like we said, and we'll talk about that in the wrap-up. But that actually has a lot of parallels with this film. It came years later. So we'll talk about the successes and failures in comparison when we get to the wrap-up. But... Yeah, definitely. I mean, atypically in slasher films, handicapped people die pretty early on, particularly people in wheelchairs. We have here what feels to me immediately like our lead actress. Do you guys, are you guys for any second thinking these guys are just your opening fodder and then we're going to move on? No. No, not at all, actually. Yeah. Which is interesting. They can establish that tone. Mm. Um, And you feel like, okay, here's your playground. Here's this big old house. And it's a weird house. It is a strangely contrived sort of set. Um, it's hugely gothic and you got this big like old antique elevator that takes the wheelchair up and down stairs like huge yeah. stair- winding staircases and it, it's strange it feels very much even as you kind of quickly learn and and the layout like as quickly as you learn this the, the layout of the house it feels very much like a theme park sort of horror yeah, spooky house does, you know what I mean it? it's just like it's it's all very deliberate in how it's set up and yeah. Yeah. And it was entirely a set. The externals were shot. Where were they? They were showing Illinois, I want to say. But yeah, the internals were completely a set. It also feels a little strange. Tell. No, Winnipeg, sorry. Slash a little bit off with their treatment of technology for like how 
old and antique the houses and the decorations. But then in the very beginning, I think in, the, in this scene right after the delivery guy leaves, the mom is like, hey, I DVR'd uh, whatever, some reality <laughs> yeah. show. And I was like, oh, interesting, yeah, DVR. Yeah. But then it doesn't, it, like, it doesn't come into play for any reason. And then later on in the movie, they're rolling on film. And I'm like, didn't they, weren't they just talking about DVRing a TV show? And Yeah. No, yeah, it does seem it does seem stuck in a weird era. Yeah, which you can't, and they kind of get away with it because what they play it as um, she's there and her. You get to say her and her mother are kind of looking after each other. She's partly there to look after her mother who's clearly suffering from depression, yeah, and anger issues. And then her mother's obviously helping her out. Yeah, so it, it definitely it feels like the kind of place where oh we just inherited grandma's house and now we live here and old technologies anything. and yeah, DVRing. Yeah, so they open up the box and we have an original Good Guys doll. He looks a little bit, he's a little bit revamped. Now, there are a few different Chucky dolls we're going to get in this, but this original one, or this initial one, does look close to the original uh, Good Guys doll, but he has less freckles. Hair looks a bit longer. Looks yeah. like he's got a perm. Yeah. <laughs> His hair is like very like straight and I don't know. Playing with the time, playing with the times. Yeah, so I'm immediately just not liking the mother but, but liking i'm liking the 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 lead girl a lot a lot like she just seems interesting conflicted a bit grumpy very kind like i don't know she feels like a real person which is unusual yeah um for me <laughs> for a slash film i'm looking for a chucky film i was trying to um, figure out if the mom had any relation because initially i was like wait is this the mom from child's play one but then her name was sarah not karen and so I was trying mm. just because immediately off the bat, you see her taking pills and you see that she has some sort of psychological problems. You don't know what it is immediately. So I was thinking there was some tie. Yeah, well, this is the interesting conceit with the movie, isn't it? Now, all three of us have seen previous ones. So we can't judge this as a standalone movie. Mm. We can, we're going to have to try and see would it work. But yeah, I 100% watched this the first time thinking this is a remake. And But your head is playing a little bit. As sometimes, well, maybe it's not like, who are these people? Why would Chucky want to send himself there? And I think you definitely meant to give yourself over to, well, it's just a new house. It's just, just like a new start. This is just where Chucky's ended up for whatever reason. And we're going to find out, you know, later on, whatever back history with Chucky. But that's not where this goes. Um, but we will get there. I just got bit by a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and it's nighttime. We get a long creeping shot toward the house, which for me makes it clear, very clear that we're in a different type of Chucky film. This is like a long, 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 creepy shot where it just keeps going and the music just does like that. Before we cut inside. Oh, I wanted you um, to keep going. That's as far as I go. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a scream. And Mika's going to look for her mom and we see lots of pills by the side of the mother's bed. So we're getting some contextual storytelling with her. But the mother's missing and then we establish the lift for getting up and down the stairs in the wheelchair. So we're getting all the tapestry of like, all right, here's what we're going to be playing with throughout the movie. But already a twist. Stylish shot for me of the blood seeping out on the black and white marble floor as it expands. And in the reflection, we get to see Mika um, and her mother's there dead on the floor. And Mika goes to ring the police. Kill number one. Done yet? Yeah. Chucky kill. Yeah. Off screen. Off screen. Definitely a Chucky kill. Yeah. You right, Ali? You crying? Yeah, I have something in my eye. Do you want to go and deal with the situation? No, it's okay. 
was crying. The, the opening was just too emotional. I think you no, looked like you that shot of the blood was just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to tag out? I really... No, it's okay. Do you want this? Oh, so keeping it in. Yeah. That shot treat, with the treat, blood, people. I literally laughed out loud when like the blood started seeping out in front of the frame. Interesting. And I was Interesting, like, Allie. That did, Not good enough for you, eh? It looked ridiculous. It was like the first thing I was like, is that semen? red silk? And then I saw that it was like reflective and we were going to see her in it. And I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a CGI shot that but i like the intentions of it i like that he's trying to do it's a dario argento kind of shot a superior sort of style shot and i like that he's trying to do something that is not yeah that is more elevated than seed of chucky he said nine years to think about things but mm -hmm. i appreciate the intentions even <laughs> while yeah the execution isn't fantastic this is i, I will have to actually i need to double check that i think this is the, the cheapest yeah the cheapest chucky movie so yeah far. Like, for me, that moment, sure, it didn't look great. I mean, it didn't look like a lot of money had gone into it, basically. But it was, for me, completely sort of overshadowed anyway by the very next moment, which is the titles, I think. It goes straight to the Curse of Chucky title. Yep. And then we have a shot of Chucky on the rocking chair, on a chair, as the police arrive and this slow yeah we rotate, rotate around, around, him. around him as time elapses yeah and i loved that i thought that was really really cool yeah i absolutely love that show yeah. i really really do like yeah she finds the police and then we just like we go over to chucky the title comes up on screen and because up until that point it does feel wow how sophisticated is this going to try to be does mm -hmm. it realize it is a chucky movie and then the title comes up and it is still sort of 3d lettering and stuff a bit more sophisticated but still chucky sort of lettering and then, yeah, the camera passes around, like rotates around him in a single shot as time passes. And then you, by the time you loop back around, they're taking away the body bag. Yeah. Really cool for me. And with a sort of revamped version of the child's play theme. Yes. I don't know if it's slowed down or if it, it's just, it's, it's different somehow, but, it, and I don't know. And I think I said this to you when we were watching, I don't know if it was so much the, the, the visual tone of the film, but that theme felt spooky again. Yeah. And especially with that rotating shot slowly going around and you're just fixed on the doll. And if you're a Chucky fan and you'd seen them, at this point, the Chucky reveals were coming very quickly yeah, in yeah, all the yeah. films. So at this point, it was kind of like ramping up the tension of like, is he going to change here? Is he going to change? Yeah. It's just more classy. Yep. But Ali, you didn't like but the bloodshot. I didn't like the bloodshot. I thought the following shot was cool. With the police showing up, okay. I couldn't tell if they were trying to make it like if it was supposed to be a passage of time or if it was just going to be like they were still there investigating. So it was cool to pan back around and they had already done all yeah. their work and put her in a body bag and were scooping her out. Scooping her out. <laughs> scooping her out. So then we get the sister turns up with Father Frank. Which is a mm -hmm. very strange. I don't know. Do you bring your, your priest <laughs> everywhere you go? He's a strange addendum to this movie that I don't know. I really understand. Well, they wanted the sister's out. clearly the more religious one. Well, is coming off that way at this point in time. But they obviously they think the mom committed suicide, so they were bringing the priest there 
to so that they could all pray for her so that she could get into heaven because suicide is not looked at positively. Not okay. No. Yeah. That's yeah, why they were like, we're gonna have to. They? We need to pray for her. Hmm. 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 Yeah. I just, I'd still don't know if he would stick around as he does, but we'll get to it. So yeah, we got uh, the sister played by Daniel Basuti, who uh, to me immediately just screams bad tv shows like that's how she feels she's just immediately like you're what tv like midday tv from the 90s you're like <laughs> soap operas you're thinking very yeah, soap just, opera just and it's the acting it's the makeup it's the hairstyle it's the way she looks it's like some people i'm sorry you just don't look like you're meant to be in a movie yeah. but that's like um, on these just, movies especially if you don't have a high budget do you not think they would have just one makeup artist so that they would all look consistently the same on screen yeah yeah she's so over the top like she even when they're like going to bed she has like fresh lip gloss on which is not subtle it's like shiny and a different color it's very weird yeah That's true true yeah just a little rewind to the priest for me i think you were mentioning this before we're sort of going into supernatural territory spooky a, town spooky town in a broader scope of horror films yep and yeah and this is like the first very deliberate other than the voodoo, like religious element mm. that we've seen in a child's play. It's true. That is true. And how's it going to play out? We shall Nobody see. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. So Mika's, uh, sorry. Yeah. Then we get, we kind of see Mika's a bit of a mess or at least that's her sister's impression of her. And they make it clear that the mother had suffered from depression. And then Mika is very, you know, it's, it's polite, but tells them that she and her mother left the church a long time ago. So she doesn't need a priest to be there. And the sister tells her that if they pray for the mother to be forgiven. I thought it's just, I mean, it's a surprisingly mature kind of conversation about it all between them. But the sister's just so terrible that I can't, I don't know. It just immediately was a disappointment to me. That first viewing, it's still a disappointment to me now. I've seen this film three times, I think. But yeah, her sister's husband then walks in, Ian with a nanny a completely improbable nanny mm. <laughs> who's stupidly hot and their kid a girl who's i don't know was she like six years old or something seven yeah she's sort of i think meant to parallel andy's sort of age mm-hmm. i think from like child's play 2 i guess and we haven't had a kid in these movies since child's play 3 yeah like the military school was the last time yep the little kid yeah, and that was the one where yeah people, we got in trouble in the UK with all the bad things that happened. So like yeah, they being they feel time has gone now. They can bring a child back in, but the child is not the lead. But do you think you're meant to think the child's going to be the lead? Um, I'm still with Mika at this point. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean the kid's all right. How does the kid uh, match up against Andy Barkley, Allie? Acting wise. I mean, yes. she's not Chops. she's not the lead character, so it's harder to say. We see Andy's our lead, so we're with him the entire time, and we have to see him in high stress situations. Versus this one, she's like playing hide and seek and hiding in the closet when the like majority of the film is happening. Right. So you're saying Andy Barkley nailed it? <laughs> That's so much to do I'm with. saying they're both equally yeah. good at playing a child. In a normal situation, saying hello to family. Biting. <laughs> Ali hates children. We've already established that. <laughs> so. Yeah, the feeling that I was getting at this point was that it was setting up a very clear and basic structure at this point of like, these are going to be the people and this is the house. 
this is where it's going to go down. Yeah. Like it very... Yeah, you're getting yeah. all the players on the board. Mm-hmm. Like here's the board at the beginning. Here's your lead character. Yeah. You've introduced Chucky. And I know Dom Mancini's talked a lot about being like a pot boiler. That's what he wanted to make or something yeah. where it's like you you create the scenario and then you put the basically ticking bomb in it. And nice. everybody knows at some point Chucky's going to go off. You're mm-hmm. just waiting. Like when is he going to go off? But it's whether that tension works for you or not is the question. Because up until this point, you know, we said it before for me, Chucky's never been scary. Yeah. He could be fun. But he's never been scary for me. But yeah, then we got a first thing where Chucky has gone. He's disappeared because they turn around. And Mika's immediately putting it together. And that's one of the reasons I think I like her. She's immediately like, wait a second. No, but we did f- put him down there. Yeah. <laughs> he should not just be gone suddenly. Whereas anyone else is always like, oh, stupid doll. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Locked yourself in the cupboard with a dead body. <laughs> but no, Chucky's gone. Mika's looking suspicious. The little girl doesn't like going to the toilet with people watching. Uh, but apparently we have Imagine to. Imagine that. <laughs> I just love to make this big fuss about it. It's like, no one's allowed to watch me pee. But then we fucking have to. They put a camera right in front of her and you have to listen to her peeing. It's like, I don't need this. But we get another rotating shot, which we appreciate. Mm-hmm. Me and Alex, masters of the rotating shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we see there's a metal wheelchair in the bathroom and then plastic curtains, which are there for no real reason other than to be creepy. Yeah. They don't say they're doing renovations or anything on the house. There's a shower curtain. Are they the shower curtains? Yeah. Oh man, those are some That's why she has that curtains. metal wheelchair there. She has to shower in that. Oh, you see? You're putting it Come all together. Come on, guys. I'm taking it at face value. <laughs> well, it wasn't a huge, you know, bathroom like uh, in a Jennifer bathroom. Had why in else caravan, would that? So. What do you think else is in a bathroom? <laughs> well, Ali, we weren't paying attention to those small details because we were watching the marvelous child actor. She's not in those do their shots. Craft. She was in that scene. She was in the rotating we were shot. Still we were still watching her. Still thinking about. We're still thinking about it. We're, we're still thinking. thinking well, done. well I think that's on, another on problem craft. that we should maybe not tackle on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm immediately. Here's the weird thing. I'm immediately going. Yes, this is clearly a set. Yes, it looks cheap. Yes, this feels in many ways like TV directing. Yep. But on the other hand, I'm like he's. he's thinking about interesting shots like mm-hmm. the blood one whether you like it or not it was you know an interesting idea uh the rotating shot immediately to show transition time was cool and they pulled that one off this is now the what do you call it convex rotating shot so yeah. it's like the other way which it doesn't necessarily build the tension but he's really he's doing stuff to build tension here he's on that long shot outside we talked about earlier which was for a long time outside the house he's really very much trying to play things in a completely different way which i appreciate I don't think Allie does. Allie doesn't care. Yeah, no, I... I oh, yeah, sorry, Sorry, Allie. I was trying to figure out to where you guys Allie were looking just now. You both, like, kept looking right to the same corner. I was like, what's just going on? The dog situation that's going on. Chucky is in the room. Yeah, I'm, I'm really on board with it at this point, despite some of those things that, that you also said, Al, and the, the sort of the feel of it. Like, for me, it's like, yeah, it looks very TV, and you've got sort of, yeah, daytime TV-style actors, but... It's so removed from what we saw in Seed of Chucky. And there's so many more mature elements. And I like that throwback to Child's Play, the first Child's Play, where it's like, we're going to play with the tension of the doll. It's and very the, reminiscent, the, the pacing of it, of the first one. Yeah, exactly. And and, and for me, it was like, great. I'm, I'm liking how he's resetting this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just got better ambitions here, I think. Yeah. Like, it, like and... Because um, in some ways it's it is beautiful in some ways the lighting is actually really good in this movie but it just looks cheap it's kind of like, no it, it can't feel as good as Bride of Chucky or Seed of Chucky even 
which have way less money in bribe, but just because no, it doesn't have that whole, you know, that cinema aesthetic. Yeah. But in another way, there are smarter things happening here with the camera and lighting and stuff. Ali, I really, I can't read you at all. So I don't know if you're on board yet. Well, or not. I mean, right now I'm feeling very indifferent just because we're not okay. far enough in. I like that the pacing is similar to the pacing in the first one, just because I thought that was, I remember watching the first one thinking we were going to go the entire movie without ever actually seeing Chucky move just because yeah, they didn't yeah, have yeah. the resources. Obviously this one, we have seen Chucky move plenty of times, so we know it's coming. So I kind of liked that they well, were playing the thing, with that. It? But I'm not like so overexcited about anything yet to the point where I'm like, fuck yeah, I can't wait to watch the rest of this. But there's nothing that's happened yet that's already thrown me off. Okay. Other than okay. the weird bloodshot. It's interesting how you talk about being unable to read Ali because we've gone through this series watching them individually. And so we've all been a little bit, for some, been a bit poker-faced throughout our podcast mm -hmm. but you and i watched this one together yep so that was an interesting that was a different experience I think. yes and normally um, if we do that on a franchise we'd be like okay we can't talk about it we can't talk about it we've got to wait till the podcast but this one it was kind of late at night it was yeah. new year's like night before new year's eve wasn't it and we're both like, yeah it. yeah let's just talk about it <laughs> so we did talk a little bit about it cheaters yeah we cheated a little bit yep so yeah, but the little so the girl does find Chucky, and here's where we get one of the other dolls of Chucky. So his face is very different here. He has bloodshot eyes. You get in the white of his eyes as well above at the top. He's got a slightly weird, sort of uncomfortable smile, like someone's just got like the hand and you're in a thigh and you don't want them to. His teeth looked different too. His teeth looked like they were like yep. shorter and sticking out a little. <laughs> yep. And my favorite thing is he has these sort of worried eyebrows. Like eyebrows that don't look angry, they look worried. And it I love this version of Chucky because to me he still looks kinda like a doll. I don't think you'd buy him on a shop necessarily. Yeah. He's not quite sellable. But he does look like a doll that I'd sort of believe in, but oh my god, I find it much more Chucky much more scary than an angry looking doll. Yeah, I didn't like it when I first saw it. I think I turned to you and said that. I found it like the features are quite soft and he almost looks slightly more feminine, but but going back and seeing those images, I find it very unsettling now. And I actually I like that it gives me that feeling. Yeah. That it sort of sits in this weird borderline place of when he's alive and when he's a doll. Yeah. It's sort of like this half fleshed out sort of yeah uh, expression that that is very unsettling. It's cool. It looks really weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it really is. It's weird. So then, yeah, Mika's sister's saying that the house was left to both of them. She wants to sell the house and put Mika into assisted care, which is always the best conversation to have to turn up with your siblings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your mom just died. Well, we're going to sell the house, take away the one <laughs> thing you got you left of her, and then we're just going to put you in a home. Where other people will take <laughs> care of you. The priest is sitting there while they're having this conversation. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the priest is just looking back and forward at them and like, what are you doing But the there, husband sir? goes away. The husband's like, oh, this is a like private conversation. I'll leave and yeah, go yeah. help the nanny. And then I'm going to go and flirt the au pair. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a great line where, where like, cause she, yeah, she's some, she's, Mika's like talking to her sister and saying, but you guys are doing fine. She, and her sister replies with, print media is dead. <laughs> Ian is working at Starbucks. Yep. Yep. This is and right that, after yeah, at the conversation outside the bathroom where he asks her how much she's being paid and she says $400 yeah. a week and he says that's more than I make. 
And I was like, yeah. what? That's weird. Like, Why what? do you have a nanny? If you're making less money than she's making, that doesn't make sense. Well, yeah. And then Mika says, but you have a live-in nanny. And then she just goes, well, that's not really working out. <laughs> well, that doesn't... You're still that paying you still have her. To pay them. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking weird. Then you're just like, all right, well, it's just clearly there because he wants... Uh, well, at this point, you're thinking just because he wants a hot girl in the film, basically, he's going to get down to her underwear at some point, which is potentially part of the reason. But I think it's also because at some point, Don Mancini clearly had an idea for one of the twists he wanted to shove in here and got so excited about it. He didn't bother realizing... or well, he did obviously realize, but didn't bother writing it, rewriting it, so it didn't contradict the fact... <laughs> That they're meant to not have much money, so they have to sell this house. It's like fuck it. Well, just I just assume. Really well, move, move I'll on. bring it up when we get there. But yes, right. I agree. Right now, um, at this point. So then they all come back with the doll. Mika's really confused as to how Chucky got into the bathroom, as she should be. Um, again, I'm liking her because she's so smart. And then Chucky does his "I like to be hugged" line. Mm-hmm. So we're getting back to that original Chucky, which we haven't had in a while. And then we get to see his irises grow. Yeah, and this is uh, it's a- like our first physical movement it is it is first definitely all right chucky's definitely chucky 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 um i like this i like the effect yep i like the simplicity of it works for me i did not like this (laughs) why didn't you like the irises growing i don't know i was just like why why what happened the light didn't change why are your pupils getting bigger getting high no that's not what happened he's alive he's alive he was just that just doesn't like, happen just when you're alive your pupils change size when your lighting changes i was just like these things are happening that i was like what prompted that nothing other than let's the fact that you were able to, the to do podcast. it so let's just jump to the end so you can tell us how you really feel it made you're no sense Glenn Glenn you could there? show his eyes moving left to right and accomplish the same thing you didn't need to show like it just felt pointless it just felt like oh, oh we're so able cool. to do this new thing so we're gonna do it it looked cool that's why <laughs> it did look cool <laughs> interesting uh we're ending up on different places here <laughs> Has, anyway what's going on yeah his iris is delay uh and then he's we learn he's already talking to the little girl we're just not getting to hear the conversations which is is how it used to be back another throwback to the andy times yeah. which i really liked as well hugging the doll and he's clearly whispering to her but we don't get to hear because that that also works in the sense as it did in child's play and because they're playing it out so long here the reveal that it also plays in that sense of is it just the girl being a little girl and playing mm-hmm. or is he back but we know he's kind of back so. he's back baby but it's great i like it yeah and then we cut to them prepping dinner which mika and the little girl are doing <laughs> and mika's just fucking hacking at a tomato <laughs> yeah that bit seemed kind of weird and unnecessary really how she weird. was cutting the yeah it's like it's sh- those are not good tomatoes like she- either if they like if you could chop them like that if they're hard enough for you to just slam your knife yeah like- just slam through <laughs> very strange so weird I was like, either they're trying to show she's got anger issues, or this swiping motion that that she can do is they're gonna is gonna be very important later. <laughs> but no, uh, the little girl's helping, and Chucky's sitting there. He's been helped. We're 19 minutes in, and this is the first time we see Chucky's eyes move. There you go, Allie. Get what you wanted. Have done that earlier. And then we see his little hand pouring rat poison into one of the soups, and then a very long zoom into, into the soup, the soup. <laughs> the shot number three that is stupid <laughs> yeah she's angry Alex. she's angry oh uh, yeah i had a point when i saw his little hand where i was like uh, i don't know if i like you've played it so well until this point 
and sort of added the new dilated pupils, which was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and the hand was very much like that old sort of older style of, you're not well, going to show all like it, but... Charles Play 1, to yeah. be fair. It's very Charles Play 1. But I got it. It didn't, it didn't feel overplayed. Yeah, for me, I was like, oh, okay, they're going straight into it. We're only 19 minutes. We're not that far. They haven't played it for that long. A little disappointing. I wouldn't have minded dragging on a bit longer. Yep. Um, and we're starting to get into antiques, mm-hmm. which is, you know, whatever. But then Mika comes back into the kitchen, finds him on the floor, and she's confused by that as well, putting all <laughs> these pieces together. And then they sit down for dinner. And this is really the first time for me in the movie. I'm totally on board with this movie. I really am. I'm yep. enjoying it. It's doing something different. I'm liking Mika a lot. Um, I'm liking how they're using Chucky. There's some interesting direction ideas, even though they don't all work, but I like that he's trying. This is the first bit where it falls apart for me. So they sit down for this dinner scene where they're just eating soup. <laughs> like that's like, it's just like their big dinner scene is soup. I thought it was pasta at first and then I realized it was cheese in the middle, not pasta. Yeah, it's just grated cheese. Very- it's so, I mean, sorry. If I come around to someone's house and they make me soup, I'm appreciative. I love soup, I really do. Mm. But it just seems weird, like <laughs> how they're all sitting around a table, like it's, you know, a procession, but they're just eating fucking soup. So I just eat it on your lap. I liked the soup, Russian roulette. <laughs> I did. It was, because it, for me, it felt very sort of farcical. Oh, it's really farcical. <laughs> and they're playing it out like it's this big tent scene. It's like, yeah. I don't really care who dies as long as it's not Mika. That's basically how I felt. <laughs> And oh, I knew yeah, she wouldn't for sure. die. For sure. But I, I loved it. I loved the tension of like, which idiot is it going to be? <laughs> Could you tell? Could you tell? No. No. Got you. No. I thought it was going to be the little girl. I thought, And I thought that would have been cool. When she's like, mm, it tastes funny. I thought, wow. They're going to cool kill they just the killed kid. off the little kid right away. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. We get these stupid, stupid... Like, <laughs> these really stupid reactionary shots with stuff. Like, the dad starts eating it and then he stops. And then he looks weird. And then he's like, oh my God. And they're like, what? Yeah, this As is the moment. Like, we knew someone was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Who could it be? Oh, it's you. Yeah. And then he just stops. He goes, this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. And it's honestly like they all know that someone's going to die at this table. They're just waiting to find out who it's going to be. It was like a comedy. It was a farce. Can we talk about I don't, I don't bad know. shot choice like number so. four, five, six, seven? Whoa! All the like, are they, are all the close ups of the mouth you... of their mouths just eating. Oh yeah! Their... Oh, I hate it. I hate it so, so much. Bad. Mm. Mm. Oh no! This whole scene, I just don't like. Yeah, I hate. I hate up close shots of people eating. I don't like it. Lord of the Rings, no matter in fucking Curse of Chucky. Yeah. Yeah, and and then you got a father flirting with the old pair in front of them. It's just so and the cheesy. mother looking at her and being like, mm. yeah, and being jealous. And at yeah. this point, you obviously think it's because she's jealous of the husband, not yeah. the other way around. And then, yeah, just just so many fake outs with the food. The priest then saying, this is just the way my mama used to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what? Soup? <laughs> it's like, Tomato soup with cheese? And then everyone's complimentary about the sister, who's a bitch for no good reason. I don't really know what the history is of why she's a bitch to Mika, but she clearly hates her. Mm-hmm. And then the priest starts to say he recognizes the doll from the news. And you think, okay, we're going to get the reason for the scene, because so far it's just been Don Mancini just jerking off basically it's yeah. like there's no need for this scene and yeah you don't get anything really you start talking about the 80s a little bit the father like the name checking smurfs and the cabbage patch kids and yeah, they talk about good guy dolls don't they yeah the husband mentions it yeah, yeah yeah and then the father's like saying how the 80s were great <laughs> and you can feel this from Don Mancini of like remember when my horror icon used to be relevant mm. <laughs> 
Yeah, at that point when the priest recognizes him, my the impression that I got was, okay, we're playing something of like more contemporary. The priest is going to recognize as this like this is a possessed doll, and we're going to go down that spiritual exorcism route. of Chucky, ah. yeah, kind of route. And where did where did we where did we go, Al? We went to a bead of sweat <laughs> on a priest's forehead. Wait, because he recognized Chucky and he knew he was possessed. So, well, this is interesting because I never got that from it. I always got what, it, what I think it is, which is just that yeah. he starts to realize, oh, I'm going to die. I better go back to my parish because that's the only place I'm allowed to die. Mm-hmm. Or, oh my god, I feel a bit sick and I can only do sick poops when I'm back in my parish. <laughs> I can't do that in a stranger's house. <laughs> that's how it looks that's, to me. That's a fair. I, I'd go, yeah, with the with the ladder there. Yeah, so, uh, sick poops. Like gets, he looks really like sweaty and then he suddenly gets up it's like i have i just realized i have to go and mm-hmm. i was totally uh i need to go use the toilet somewhere yeah. else yeah <laughs> yeah very strange sick poops for sure that's a perfectly plausible reason to- but you were you were reading something else into this i'm interesting if ali was yeah reading that as well what were you how did you read all that i was assuming it was like i'm about to be sick and i'm gonna get out of here so Alex thought too clever for you, but <laughs> <laughs> too clever for Don Mancini, right? Alex thought, yeah, I thought that he recognized Chucky, and he recognized, or he remembered the cases of Chucky, and so therefore, again, like I just said, he tied it into possession, and uh, demonic sort of stuff, and I thought he ha- was like, I have to basically. You thought so I have he to just leave left you the family to, this, to like, die. Bath that's about to <laughs> well, happen. I thought he was like going to go back and get some like oh, some exorcism to tools or something. <laughs> I got to go back and get my cross briefcase. Yeah, and my holy water. <laughs> but no, no, I don't know. I think it was sick poops. <laughs> it was definitely it was sick poops. He was embarrassed. He probably already had a tiny little squirt in his undies. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and, he, and he's like, they're going to notice. Uh, I got to get up. And go. Oh. <laughs> oh my god yeah i mean this whole scene for me is like it would work only if you have good dialogue and good characters and it didn't have either yeah still loved it <laughs> <laughs> he drives off and we cut immediately to a police flare going off i like police flares the priest's car has crashed into another couple's uh they're dead blood is pouring out from the vehicle and a cop who knows him from his parish tells I love this, he goes to the fire department and the priest is still alive with like the roof of his car somehow like Around cutting his through neck. his neck. But yeah, like I don't even really know. And then the fire department, we can't move him, we can't move him. He's like, yeah, you can. Yeah. And they're like, all right. <laughs> so they, I don't think he has that kind of authority. I don't know. And then they pull it apart and then his entire head just like pops off and yeah. blood just goes spraying all over the police officer. It was a pretty cool kill. Yeah. A weird, 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 very weird kill. <laughs> and I don't, I have mixed feelings in terms of, all right, well, we were in schlock territory mm-hmm. suddenly, which yeah. we haven't had yeah. so far in this film. But I guess I'm kind of happy because if we're going to have kills, I'd rather do one just rat poison. <laughs> How so that's kill number two. Was any of this working for you, Alan? I liked the like car holding him together because I can't remember where else I've seen that. But I think it's like an interesting, fun thing to do just because I think the audience understands what's about to happen. And Laudan happened to walk in at this point when I was watching and we both like started laughing like in like a in a fun enjoying this scene kind of yeah. way when his head rolled off. But in in terms of like what I like about all the other movies is his kills are so creative in like every mm-hmm. it's like scene to scene, not just like the first movie does this theme, the second one goes with this theme. Like every movie has 
however many we had in the last one, 11 or 12, they're all very different from each other. Yeah. This one was just kind of getting rid of the whole, like, the thrill of the kill for Chucky. Like, all he did was pour something in someone's bowl. And yeah, it's, it's true. Like, he didn't do this kill. No. Well, the interesting thing. Like, it's fun to see Chucky hands-on getting joy out of torturing these people. That's kind of what he's done this whole time. Yeah, and what would have happened if the priest hadn't excused himself? Yeah, because if he would have like, just started... died uh, in the house. In a frothy brown mess in the toilet. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he's killed himself. Oh Alex God. is dead. <sighs> Meanwhile, back in the house, they're all watching home movies on a projector from like an 8mm camera or something. Yep. yep. Which That's where I don't they think you really used in the eighties very much. But That's where they record Real Housewives. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very cliche and rote. But uh, here you go, doing what I don't think any of us have ever done. Mm-hmm. And they're watching this film of the mother who's now obviously dead, and there's a oh, picnic, yeah. and there's the mother when she's young and she's pregnant with Mika in her belly. And then for some weird reason, the, the person who's filming is obsessed with a long-haired, sunglassed man. Who, as Alex pointed out, looks a lot like... Looks exactly like Tommy Wiseau. Yes, he from does! From the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is this the room? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Huh. Real life Hollywood yeah. icon. <laughs> I just came to this picnic. <laughs> real Hollywood picnic. Oh, want my a pro God. Ho- want a pro-American football. Yeah, I'm a real American guy. Yeah. So they're all watching that. Charles Lee Ray, there he is. So for any of us who've seen the Chucky films, I feel it's pretty immediate, isn't it? You know that's Charles yeah. Lee Ray. Yeah. For me, it'd been a long, it'd been nine years since I'd seen a Chucky movie. I was never that into them. Hadn't been paying much attention. Charles Lee Ray had been around since the second one, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I completely didn't know who he was. I was like, I feel like he's important because they're focusing on him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know who this yeah. guy is. Very weird looking dude. Weird hair. And wait, which, what? It was 88 when Child's Play came out? Mm, been a long time. So, a very long time. Very long and there time. there he was, Brad Jr. I mean, I had seen him in the late 90s or whatever, noughties, but still, it'd been a good time. Then a little girl comes down, not in the film, in real, in the real life, to say that Chucky's missing. And so the sister sends the au pair to go find him. And then Mika looks at the package details because she's all, she's like, hang on a second. He keeps going missing a lot, this doll. She'll probably see who sent this mysterious package she finds so this is a confusing scene for me because you see her on the mainline phone but she seems to react like it's disconnected and then she looks down at her mobile phone and has no service but then later on she's using the phone yeah i think it was there was a storm and it was because the phone call was going in and out so you could hear bits of it so i was just assuming service and internet well that's a bit later yeah so at this point it's just not working for whatever reason is it yeah but then later it works a bit yeah uh, the nanny's looking all over for Chucky. So this is just a series of typical Hollywood, sorry, horror cliches walking around the house, spooky rooms. Is Chucky going to get her or not? Uh, she can't find him. We're 31 minutes in and we get our first Chucky POV. Now with breathing. And we see him briefly run by in the background. Very reminiscent of the first film. Yep. When he yep. does that little scamper. I'm liking all these little things. I've seen it all before, but I'm kind of happy to get back to that yeah. as opposed to where we were at last time. Yep. Agreed. Um, then the nanny runs into the mother and they start making out. Yep. Boom, twist one. Yep. So uh, when did I you saw see this, this one coming, Ali? Well, when I saw this, I was like, oh, she's not paying her. They're just sleeping together. That's $500 of sexy time mm-hmm. every week. 
raised eyebrows from Allie. I don't, well, that's why I was just like, there's no way that's not, that doesn't make sense. If you're that poor, you don't have a living nanny. And then I was like, oh, I see. Yeah, you're not getting, giving her money. You're giving her sex. It's a good twist, though. Yep. I like this twist. Yeah, it was a good twist. It's kind yeah. of pointless. It's very definitely surprising. It's fun. Um, yeah, and it does take something that you're looking at as, oh, here we go. We know exactly what's going to happen here with the father and your pair, and we know exactly why the au pair's here. And you're like, all right, she's definitely here to be hot and to get naked in a second, but she's also here to do something subversive, which is mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, and this was just as a point the first time I was watching it where I was getting bored with the movie, to be honest. I was like, after that dinner scene for me, didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Lots of wandering around the house looking for Chucky. I'm like, all right. But then this woke me up. Well done, Mancini. You got him. Mika comes back to the living room. She finds Chucky is now sitting on the sofa next to the husband who's asleep. What? So he wakes up and tells Mika that he's tired. And then Chucky says, life is short. New vocab. What a... He says, I'm your friend to the end. And Dad goes, that one's a classic. It works on so many levels, is what Mika says. Yeah. <laughs> nice little pointed... Yep. Nice little pointed things. Right on the nose, Don Mancini. Oh, and then here's the bit, I think, where the, where the dad says, yeah, the 80s were awesome. <laughs> Every, for our, our child listeners, I was alive in the 80s. Confirmed they were awesome. So was I. Awesome. <laughs> Awesomeness. Congratulations. Confirmed. 90s. <laughs> 80s music, not so awesome. In my I opinion. disagree. Yeah, I know. That's because you're of an age where you weren't around for it the first time. <laughs> it's it's like, all we retro and synths. cool. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know how to use them yet. <laughs> Mika takes Chucky with her in the lift up to the little girl, but it stops halfway in the dark. She presses the emergency button. Now we're going to get some cutting back and forth with this as we get the nanny and the mother. They're still making out, having fun. Nanny then tells her that they can get by without the money. They don't need the money. They got love, the fuel of love. And she's starting to feel sorry for Mika. But her sister says that Mika's a fucking mess. Get over yeah. yourself. It's not your body and your love is not enough. We need money too to make this situation work. Yep. Um, and then we're back in the elevator and we hear a blade get drawn in the dark. And then the lights come back on and Chucky is suddenly, he's done an exorcist. His head's twisted around and he's facing her. Love it. Yep. This is the kind of Chucky spooky that I like. You're not seeing him do it, but suddenly just something's happened and you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting, because they kept showing their silhouettes and I was expecting to see his head turn. It's cool. I like it. Plus the lights went from dark to on. This would have been the perfect place to insert the iris change. Correct. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We'll re-edit this one. Yeah. And then his head twists back around to talk to the little girl when she gets out of the elevator at the top. Barbara... The sister. Barbara. Barbara. Tells Mika that she's worried about <laughs> she says she's worried about her heart. So this is the first time that we realize that mild shock can bring an attack on with Mika. Yeah. So it's a whole different thing to do with the paralysis, yeah. which can cause these attacks, and she's got to be very, very careful in high stress situations, which adds a whole new level of fear to the film suddenly like, oh, okay, Mika's even more vulnerable hmm. than just in the wheelchair. Yeah. Now I would like to point out this at this point. Don Mancini kept saying that he had so many people come up to him for the past 25 years of making Chucky movies saying, oh, I'm not scared of Chucky. I'm not scared of Chucky because I just kick him. And that's why he came up with this character. Because he was like, well, what if you couldn't kick him? What if you're on like more of a level ground with Chucky and you had to deal with him, you know, with the same disadvantages, essentially. Don Mancini, you sly dog. (laughs) Sly, sly dog. You got us. You got us. And then he gives her her an achy heart. Mm. Mika says though that she's fine. Uh, but then she realizes that her leg is bleeding and it looks like a knife wound. I missed that hard bit. Did you? Yeah, which 
makes sense now for later on in the film. <laughs> it was a small bit. It's just a little bit yeah. of dialogue. And most of the dialogue hasn't been useful. This yeah. bit is. I, I, I miss that. <laughs> yep. So she's got like this knife wound in her leg. The sister's may suggesting that she's done it to herself at some point. Mm-hmm. Implying potentially on purpose. Yeah, and this is one of those points. This is one of the points for me where I'm realizing I really like all the intentions in this film. I'm not, I don't think they're nailing it all the time at all. But the, yeah, like the details aren't great, but the broad intentions I do, I am liking. Then we cut to the mother and the little girl who are praying, and the mother says she won't uh, say a prayer for Chucky. But then the little girl says that Chucky says, There's no God. Life's a bitch, and then you die bleeding like a stuck pig. <laughs> all right. That sounds very Chucky like. <laughs> I'm really happy at this point. We haven't heard Chucky speak, but mm-hmm. he's speaking through the little kid. Yeah. It's much creepier. Yeah. Yeah, I always, I've always liked that. I like that when Andy said lines like that, where he's just like, swears and yeah. it's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Whoever, yeah it's- the mother's all shocked with this, but it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> There's a thunderstorm going outside as well. We're getting more and more increasingly gothic. And then Mika finally gets through to the post office about the package. And they say it was sent from the evidence depository, but then the storm makes the call break up. That sounds familiar. Yeah. And this was the first time for me when I was watching the movie the first time. Where I was like, hang on a second. Because like I say, I can't embellish you guys enough how many people would go into this film thinking it was basically a restart, a remake, not a sequel. So just going into it as a fresh product. And I got to that point, I was like, from an evidence depository? So that means something bad must have happened before. Are they actually going to imply that this is following on from something? And I was starting to get some good tingles. Yeah, I really was. I was starting to get some, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated that as, I was going to say as a fan. Well, I guess as a fan, having watched <laughs> it up until this point. Yeah, that it was like starting to tie in, but it wasn't It wasn't forcing us to catch up and it wasn't like throwing it, all this backstory in our face, but it was, the world was present. The history was present. Yeah, yeah. And again, really I feel cool. for both of you. I mean, Ali, I'm guessing you were going into this expecting it to be a sequel. Yeah. So it's not surprising when you get these elements. It really was effective, I have to say, coming at it, not expecting it to be a sequel and just going, all right, this is fine as a Chucky kind of reboot. And then suddenly getting these moments going, oh, shit, okay. It's definitely going to nod to something from the previous films, but which ones is is it going to acknowledge? Just the first one, maybe? Who knows? The little girl's really scared of the storm, so she goes under the blankets for Chucky, who has his weird face back that I like, with the worried (laughs) eyebrows. And then we finally see him talk. We're 45 minutes in. She says, I'm scared, Chucky. And he says, you fucking should be. I like that line. Definitely playing it for spookies. Yeah. Not goofing around. Definitely. Like he can still say, he can still rip people. He can still swear. He can still say outlandish things, but he doesn't have to do it in a goofy way. Getting a long way from number two here, Alex. My favorite. Yep. So far. No, I I love that bit. I love that that line wasn't played for, for humor. Like it was... It was, it was sinister, sinister. Like, you fucking shit. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, Mika checks in on a little girl and she sees Chucky in the bed and then the nanny uh, spooks Mika and then they get ready for bed in the same room <laughs> as the little girl, which is a bit weird anyway that she's like sleeping in the same That's room as the girl. I wrote down and was enough. like, am I babysitting wrong? Like, why is she going into the <laughs> same room? Why is she undressing in the room that the child is in? Yep. And she undresses and we get our, no boobs, but we get a like lingerie shots. And then we see Chucky move out of the other bed while she's undressing. 
Uh, meanwhile, Mika is going online to look up about Chucky, and she pulls up a bunch of searches on Google's, or whatever they're using, which says Los Angeles homicide, Niagara Falls, Hackensack homicide, Kent Military Academy homicide, Chicago triple homicide. Check. So we've gone Child's Play 1, Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3. Niagara Falls is Bride of Chucky. Bride of Chucky. Is there anything there for Seed, though? That's the question. Los Angeles. Los Angeles homicide. Yep. Yeah. And in that moment, I remember watching it. I didn't rewind it. But I was like glimpsed a few and I was like, oh, fuck. All right. We are, we're all in Yeah. for most of the pre- pre- like previous ones. So I was like, so what the fuck is going on yeah. here? What has happened with Chucky? Who are these people? Why is he here? Mm. Yeah. I love that. Um, she finds a picture of Andy and Chucky. Um, meanwhile, au pair is still undressing because let's take our time with that. And then start Skyping the mother in the house. So let's just get the context of this. They have Skype sex. Well, the mother is in bed with her husband, like, which is one thing. Yeah. But while the au pair is in the same room and in the next bed to the daughter, yeah, yep. the kid. Like, go find a fucking bathroom or the couch or the kitchen <laughs> where you were earlier. Yeah, you're both in the same you're house. In the same Wait house. till everyone's asleep and sneak. just go and have sex. <laughs> yeah. The point of Skype sex is you're far away from each yeah. other. Also, you're in a massive house. Her reaction when. Like Chucky gets up and she thinks it's the daughter is not at all what you would think her reaction would no. be in that situation. If the daughter got I'll out of your bed and was like, why are by- you naked? Why is mommy on the screen? You would think that would be alarming. You would think she would like slam her computer <laughs> shut and be like, oh shit, she can't see us doing this. No, nah, she's too into it. <laughs> Priorities. She just like sighs and rolls her eyes and is like, she's awake. Worry about the youth of tomorrow after you've come, Alison, not before. She's got to see it through. I'm learning so much. She's in the middle. Wow. Can I just write that down? <laughs> Rem- worry. What is it? Worry about the youth of tomorrow after you come. Not before. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Let's hope that gets taken out of context. Yeah. Tomorrow after you see you in. <laughs> I prefer to spell it C-O-M-E. Thank you. C-O-M-E. Uh, we're not in a poor magazine of the 90s. Coming. If our lovely editing team are listening to this, feel free to uh, cut this bit out at your, <laughs> at your own discretion. No. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, weird stuff. Then we see Chucky crawling under a bed. The mother's still Skyping with a bit with her husband. She takes off her wedding ring during the sex Skype mm. <laughs> because she can't deal with the guilt. Because she, she doesn't know that she's married. Oh, because it might slip off. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Wait what? We are in the gutter <laughs> on this one I shouldn't have been drinking the whiskey While doing this <laughs> podcast <laughs> I should have been drinking whiskey <laughs> Oh this is going to be our highest Listen podcast <laughs> we've ever done And then we're all going to jail Chucky appears behind the au pair In a really just the worst shot for me This is a Muppet style shot His head It's literally just someone Just like holds him by his feet And just like Props him up for a second And then pulls him down again But because his hair's so big It like does a Muppet <laughs> Flop <laughs> Love it But hate it At the same time um, And then Mika Is exactly at the time Finding a photo of Charles Lee Ray And she realised Oh my god It's the person from the home video Tommy Wazo. It is Tommy Wazo. <laughs> Uh, Jildon turns and sees Chucky. We get a first moment, someone knowing 100% Chucky's a real live doll. He's standing there. And all he does is kick the bucket of water over, which is, sorry, we should have mentioned that, but because of the storm, they've been collecting rain in buckets of water and in strategic places, but mostly this one place, <laughs> which then spills over. 
Jill's got like a plug in the f- in the floor, one of those old school sort of plugs in the floor. Gets electrocuted because her feet are touching of, the water. Pops one of her eyeballs. Yeah, like burns her face in one of her eyes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is doesn't seem very legitimate to me. Nope, yeah. it's not. I mean, the burning it's did. Not. There's specific kind of eyeball. science. She's saying no. <laughs> Why not, Ali? What would happen? Her pupils would get big. <laughs> oh, that's God. kill number three as well. <laughs> bitter, so bitter. Anyway, she's dead. And what I really hate here is we have the mother still watching it through her Skypey sexy laptop. <laughs> I hate Halim films when they suddenly realize, oh, we need a shot oh, of yeah. what she's looking at in the laptop. And like, well, we didn't get footage from the perspective of where the camera is in the laptop. So we're going to use the perspective that we had from the actual camera that we shot with, which was from across the room. Yep. So you get a mother looking at a laptop and she's looking from at a different angle. an image of a complete, a pit. I don't know. Those little things really fucking piss me yeah. off. There was one where it was like down and up. Yeah, it's just not. It's kind of from Chucky's POV yeah. kind of thing. Stupid, stupid. Yeah, and then we get Chucky at talking and we get our first. <laughs> yeah, I hope you have this note down, Ali. No? Oh, yeah. We have our first misogynistic line from Chucky in a while. He says, women yeah. can't live with them. Period. My favorite line was, you fucking should be. But you love those Chucky lines, don't you? Yeah, you I like for that the misogynistic You love it Chucky when he's racist and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you just like him scaring the children because you hate children. So we get a callback shot here. We get a POV as Chucky's walking down the hallway and we get lightning illuminating his silhouette on the walls. Yeah. I can't remember which one this was from before. Was it two or even one maybe? It makes me think of two. In the basement, there was some silhouetted, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a cool silhouette shot before. I don't think this one's actually quite as good. But yeah, some little throwbacks. And the mother's gone to check on the daughter... Yeah, it goes to check on the daughter. This is kind of weird contrived. Because the mother goes to check on the daughter, but not to the room yeah. where the daughter would be in. The husband wakes up um, and they get into a little aside, insinuating that he knows about the nanny and her and that he's just flirting with the, the nanny, basically, to kind of fuck her around. Then he tells her if she was stupid enough to sleep with the nanny, then he could take custody of their daughter because he put a nanny cam in the doll today. <laughs> yeah. Chucky found footage cam. Yep. Then she calls him, you latte-making loser. As a person that worked as a barista for a long time, that hurt a little bit. That cut deep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you refuse to make lattes the next brunette day off wood. I ever see, yeah, brunette women that come in. I just don't make them coffees. Uh, meanwhile, the cop we met with earlier is heading back to the house to check up on what happened with the priest. Now, we watched some of the deleted scenes on this, baby. This was originally different contrivances, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Like, at this point, I had been thinking, how had they not heard about the priest yet? Yeah. Like, why hadn't the police been there sooner? Yeah. Well, it's all happening in sort of, not real time, but, you know, it's, it's just one yeah. night. It's, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember now what the original reason was for the priest going back, but it explained a couple more things. It's, they tried to basically make it more legitimate as to why the priest would go back, but mm-hmm. I think it's perfectly fine yep I agree. oh no they get a call because of oh what is it there's something that happens at the house and they get a call because something's alerted at the house basically well, i don't remember that <laughs> i don't remember. know if i saw that watch that deleted scene with you yeah we watched it together don't worry yeah. memories yeah. now for me we've moved away from mikra a little bit too much we're getting into this ensemble of characters i don't really care about but she's back now 
uh, and she's trying to go upstairs, but she can't as the electricity is out, so she can't use the lift. And she sees Barbara standing at the top of the stairs holding Chucky, and they have a little misunderstanding about the info that Mika has and the info that the nanny has, because Mika's saying, oh, I know what's going on. She says, you knew what's going on? How did you not tell me yeah, what's going affair, on? Right? Yeah, so they have this sort of double, stupid kind of double-meaning conversation where Mika's talking about Brad Dourif, and her sister's talking about Nanny Cam. Nanny Cam. So she gets all upset uh, with Mika about she is Nanny really Cam. Bad. Um, she's just fucking terrible. I think this actress is really, really bad. Like, really bad. Did we already skip so over in desperation, it, the Mika other horrible shot? Up the stairs. Good physical acting. Has that yep. art, was that I at like this her. point? Do you know what I'm talking about? Look it's when she's like standing face. over the ledge of the stairs and Nika's downstairs no, still and they're having this conversation. And it's that like fucking horrible super zoom into her face. Right. Where it, it like like three, oh, yeah, there is three a drastic zoom, zooms in. Wait into whose face? Mika or the sister? Yeah. It's, into, it's into Mika's face, isn't it? No, I think it's into the oh, sister. Oh, is it in the sister's? It was a 50-50. Yeah. I took a shot. I think. Yeah. I don't know. It was awful. Yeah, yeah, pretty bad. So then, what's going on? Barbara's looking for Alice, still not in the room where she was sleeping. Uh, but then she sees, because she saw Chucky on the bottom of the stairs leading up to the attic, where she denied the daughter to go to earlier in the film, she decides that, oh, the daughter must be playing hide and seek instead of just checking in the fucking bedroom. Yep. Yep. So then she heads up into the attic. Not an obvious set. Lots of cobwebs, a lot of attic-y nonsense. And she finds a whole bunch of big pictures of sunflowers. At this point, I'd written down symbolism. It's like, do the sunflowers mean something? Do I need to Google what sunflowers are meant to symbolize? Yep. Uh, but no, mm-hmm. we got that cleared up later. Uh, Barbara finds a knife in Chucky's clothes, and we get kind of a cool shot as she pulls it out, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it's like another one of those ideas, like the blood on the floor. So she pulls it out, and yeah. we see her face in a reflection of the knife as it moves past Chucky's face, but it's so CGI. Yeah. But the idea is really cool. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't look great. Ali's not happy. <laughs> I agree. No, I agree with that. Uh, but these are, this is the thing. I'm going with it. As in, look, you don't have all the assets that you need because you're working back from the fucking shit pile that you made last time. Well, but time. when you don't have the assets that you need, you should creatively solve the problem and do it another way that looks good. Oh Not just be like, I'm going to do it anyway because it'll look like shit, but everyone will appreciate that. I'm trying. I appreciate that he's trying. Wow, Ali. <laughs> wow. Hide your feelings. <laughs> Why don't you? <laughs> so meanwhile, Mika is still crawling up the stairs. She's halfway doing well. And then a rat scares Barbara in the attic. She turns around to find that Chucky has moved. Now we get an even better twist, Alex. This bit is fucking cool. So for me, honest to God, like watching this movie, thinking it was a remake, getting to that bit going, okay, there's something to do with the history, but I don't remember much Chucky history by that point. Who yeah. knows what's going on? I remembered obviously Bride of Chucky and, and Seed. And then we're up there and Barbara leans in and starts poking at Chucky's face and then realizes yep. the latex is like that's been put on and she starts pulling it off and as she does you reveal the scars mm-hmm. from the previous two films so cool I turned to Alex he had bristles <laughs> 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 yeah I thought that was so cool because uh, I guess similarly to you Al I thought what did I written here oh uh, yeah that this film in many ways was hitting the reset button on the franchise it was it was keep like but also there'd been clues that it wasn't a complete reboot and it was keep keeping sort of necessary ties i guess but i thought overall it was yeah like putting a big reset and on chucky himself so this reveal for me i thought was great 
Like it was such a cool payoff. Really, I, really I got cool. legitimately excited the first time I saw the film. It yeah. really woke me up as an holy fuck, they pulled one over. And it's so rare in a franchise, you know, schlocky bad movies like this. You get to the seventh one and they're pulling one over on you. Or sixth one, sorry. And they're pulling one over on you like this. I got very excited. And this time I don't feel the same because I knew it was coming, but I still yeah. enjoyed the moment. Yeah. Ali, dead inside, I'm guessing. <laughs> Well, I don't have any of this stuff because I'm coming into this series fresh, which means I don't watch trailers. I'm not looking at IMDb pages. I'm not reading any interviews. So I have no idea if like when I come into this, it could be a reboot. It could be a sequel. It could be a prequel as far as I know. So I'm just kind of taking it as it comes. So once we came here, I was like, well, if they if the priest recognized the doll as like that looks familiar and not for a good reason, I was like, oh, okay, it's a sequel. But then did this moment, yeah, but Alex knew, like, you weren't expecting this reboot. You knew this was a sequel. But you, but this moment had a good effect on you. Did it, like, deal with Oh, yeah, the- no, I thought that it was cool that they revealed the scars. I thought you were, like, talking about the excitement of no, realizing. This, they- no, just this exact moment. Like, this was the moment for me. I was like, oh, shit. Like, they are really, like, it's it's legitimately following straight on. Like, this is, yeah. an imme- this is like, not an immediate, but this is a sequel to Seed of Chucky, even. Yeah. Which I did not It's weird expect. that the evidence place would put latex back over his scars, though. Well, no, we don't. it's going to be implied that he yeah. did it, for sure. Or that. Oh. Because we'll get to it Someone later where he's did. working with somebody else. Raised eyebrows all around. Yeah, yeah no, it's cool. And for me, it also, you know, up until this point, I wasn't quite enjoying his previous look, like some of those looks we were talking about. But then for me, this was like, ah, it all makes sense. Like there's a distortion under the, yeah, fucking hell. So just to our listeners, Al just did (laughs) the creepy still face that we talked about before and it was uncanny. (laughs) Oh my God. If you didn't have facial hair and we dyed your hair red. Oh my God. I'm on it. Halloween night. Yeah. It sort of tied it all in for me. I was reading, I was reading though that he was missing several scars. Yeah, the yeah. They toned it back a bit. Yeah, but they also go with well, maybe she didn't pull off all of it. She pulls off a bunch, but not Good all. Good point. Of it. Good point. Because uh, they they said there's still scars on his hands and stuff, but they didn't pull off his entire body. He was just an all over combat. Yeah, didn't pull him off. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, he takes a. I got really excited. He takes a knife out. He pulls the rest of his fake face off, and then he tells her she has a mother's eyes and stabs one of them brutally. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yep. Now, Mika's at the bottom of the stairs Kill of the four, attic. by the way. Oh, wait, you need the quote. Oh, sorry. Of what he says right after. It's so good. What did he say? He says, you have your mother's eyes, stabs it, and then is like, they were always too fucking close together or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they were always too close together. Good. So then yep. you're classic, like, that's okay, classic Chucky, history yeah. with Mama Bear. Got it. Something to do with the mother. But it's great because we are yep. really in the dark. And how often in a slasher film are you in the dark with this stuff? It's like, mm-hmm. we know what the killer's doing, what they're doing. It's because this thing happens, you know. Like, but this one's like, I have no idea. And this is the first time where I realized, okay, this is like, there is history here. Yeah. With this family and Chucky, but we have no idea what it is. Yeah, I love that. Because in every other one, you, you first 20 minutes, you get every bit of backstory. Yeah, you know exactly what's going on. Mika's, yeah, bottom stairs, the attic. The door opens. Chucky throws her sister's eyeball down. Barbara falls down the stairs after it. And Chucky then appears, standing at the top. Now, there's way more puppetry in this film than CGI, but this is definitely 100% CGI Chucky walking down these stairs. I I appreciate that they try and make him look mechanical still. So he's got the puppet jilt, because I did complain in previous movies that they clearly didn't want the jilted style because they keep trying to get away from it. But with this, like, they really embrace that in the CGI and it works pretty well for me. But it is definitely CGI Chucky, so I don't know about this shot. Yep, so then Mika wakes up Ian. 
he carries Mika down the stairs to a wheelchair and he pushes her through the kitchen into the garage. They're just going to run away, which I like proactive stuff. He doesn't know what's going on as well, but he's just like, let's just get the fuck out first and then we'll figure out what's going yeah. on. People are acting more like people, which is kind of good. But then, yeah, where is Alice? So Ian runs back in to find her. Mika warns him to stay away from Chucky, but Chucky has already come for Mika and he starts the car in the garage deciding that exhaust fumes is the way to go in what would be potentially the longest Chucky kill scene of all time. Yeah. It I was happy to see him it? get back to something yeah, creative, carbon, though. Carbon monoxide poisoning, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it's creative. I agree with you, Ali, but at the same time, that would take a long time. It's quite yeah. a big garage. And he's just sitting in the car, like chuckling to himself as he keeps revving the engine and Mika's coughing. And then she grabs an axe and smashes the car window and reaches in, turns it off. But Chucky grabs the keys and swallows them. <laughs> Chilling. Uh, Ian comes back and thinks Mika is going insane because he's found the dead bodies and he thinks that she's killed them all. And then in the panic of him accusing her, and Chucky, obviously, who's in there somewhere, she starts to have an attack. She asks Ian to inject her, but he refuses and she passes out wakes up back in the house duct taped to her wheelchair mm-hmm. by sir ian yeah so at this point i'd written in my notes that yeah i'd completely missed the part about the heart issues which i said before <laughs> yeah you're like what uh, is going like, huh? on but i do like this shift here where she's sort of being the accused or sort of like a victim yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no you feel sorry for her all the time mm-hmm. in this film i feel yeah because she's always yeah. like being bullied or just misunderstood or and she's trying to do good for people, but she's still got bite to her. Mm-hmm. I think she's a great final girl. Yep. So, yes, Ian then. Uh, Nika's woken up. Ian's character. He's looking on the nanny cam to see what has really happened. It's a good setup. It's a good little, we get a first proper sort of found footage Chucky moment. Mm-hmm. He gets to rewind for everything, see what's going on. Bit of paranormal activity style, which is, as we said, very in vogue at this time. So very, they're, they're doing stuff in the right wheelhouse. I forgot to mention this. And I don't know if you all notice, after he picks her up and carries her to the garage before he starts thinking that it was her, did you guys notice that he's all of a sudden, like, covered in blood? No. Like, his whole shirt, he's covered in blood. But she is not covered in blood, and he was carrying her. Interesting. Because <laughs> she wakes him was up from bed. From her he's leg? clean. Yeah, it's a leg bleeding over him, maybe. But would it be, like, on his central chest how is he carrying I her know. i can't Pencil, remember Pencil i don't know carries the lady <laughs> legs <laughs> legs upside legs down at the chest <laughs> head at the feet hello to be fair this scene does seem <laughs> very very like it jumps to it very quickly in terms of him waking up and then they just go uh, which i like like i just said like i like that it you know it's very much just like all right let's get out get out of let's here and action. figure it out later yeah but yeah potentially there was a scene in here that was cut I didn't see anything in those deleted scenes, but we didn't watch all of them. We watched like the ones mm. that seemed most important. So yeah, maybe there's something cut here in terms of him finding his wife and crying for a minute maybe. or something and covered in her eyeball Letting blood. Letting her eye bleed on mm-hmm. him. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so we get the POV stuff from Chucky, which I love that they're like he's watching it and he's been like, no, there's no doll. Obviously, there's no doll. And then he's watching this POV stuff of the doll that he put in the camera in walking around <laughs> yeah. and running around. And there's no reaction yeah. from yeah. him for ages. Well, I guess he thinks that the daughter's carrying him. Oh, good point. And just sort of walking him along. The whole time like he's like, a... okay, where'd she put him next? And then he assumes that she put him on the couch next to him. 
Right, 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 right. I, okay. I, I actually Just really liked that moment, the sort of like the footage within the footage, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, me too. I, I think it's a cool... They don't do enough with it. I think you could have done more with this, to be honest. It's like this big setup for this moment. Mm. And the moment is him, I guess, realizing, oh, maybe there is something going on. And then, yeah, switching to live feed, which I don't know if any nanny cam has live feed or not. Yeah. But switching to live feed <laughs> and then watching yeah chucky obviously come into the garage where they're at and creeping up behind them and it's, it's it takes it's them a, a long time to turn around wait are they yeah are they no, still in the are oh, they in the he's like watching the screen he's like that's weird i look good from that angle they're not in the garage though at this point are they didn't he take her up into a room no they're back in the bedroom oh, yeah sorry yeah, yeah, yeah and you're right he bedroom. does take such a long time because he's like on his knees watching it as Chucky's like yeah. walking to like right like, behind that's him. Clearly, the wheelchair that's sitting behind <laughs> yeah. you, and that's the back of your head. I love how they always it's do like, this what? in films. You can imagine it on set and just go, "No, no, we need this moment for longer. Just keep looking." It's like yeah. I don't know if my character would shut up, actor. Just keep <laughs> yeah. looking at the screen. I know. Best. I'm Don Mancini. <laughs> do you know how many of these films I've made? <laughs> <laughs> I think I know my Chucky. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a cool moment, but it could have been... They could have done more with it still, I think. Uh, but again, cool ideas that are thrown around here and contemporary ideas. Yeah, so he does... He sees the live feed. He sees Chucky walking into the room. Chucky then knocks him down with Mika's wheelchair, like running it into him. And he does this weird flip yep. <laughs> from how hard the wheelchair hits him. Yep. And then Chucky picks up the clearly very fake axe, like very plasticky looking axe, mm-hmm. which I don't know why you couldn't have a tiny real real metal axe on set <laughs> i feel that's not that dangerous and then he chops the dad's jaw clean off which is pretty cool it's a pretty, pretty cool nasty. kill kill five and his his tongue is just hanging yeah very nasty i didn't think that that was going to kill him straight think, away though to... yeah my exactly. expectation was that he'd out? be there like a, just this like open face <laughs> so can you do what? that again <laughs> <laughs> That would have been a beautiful scene. Just to watch that for 10 minutes. How am I going to work at Starbucks? <laughs> <laughs> they should have hired you. Uh, Cast you. I don't know. If Don Mancini yeah. would have liked uh, my yeah, ideas. And this is one of the moments from... We didn't really mention it, but it, well, we briefly mentioned it. It's a rated and an unrated version. And the unrated version, it's stuff like this. You're getting a few more seconds lingering mm-hmm. um, on That's these effects. It. I mean, it's stuff like this. There's not much else. Like, the other thing is what we'll get to in a minute, which is the post credit scene, which is weirdly not in the rated cut. It's only in the unrated cut. Everything else is just these bits of violence lingering on them, really, for a few extra seconds. It's kind of it. That's what they, like, qualify that as, oh, this can't be R anymore. It's a little too far. Well, and also just why, I mean, there's a whole argument of do you, yeah, there are, you know, there's a lots of films where they have to, you know, and it was a big phase of it with comedies and horrors, where it's the unrated version or the director's version. And it was rarely the director's version. It was normally just like, here's extra bits of gore that we just like, you know, ring, ring out. And it really depends what type of film. I think for this kind of film, yeah, you want as much of the gore as possible. Like that's, you know, you want the fun, schlocky mm-hmm. effects and stuff. With comedies, a lot of the time, I find when you get those unrated versions, they can actually be worse because it messes up the timing of, like, the actors' jokes and the editing and stuff like that. But, but When I saw one... unrated, I assumed we were just going to see a lot of penis. Potentially <laughs> doll penis. 
And we see, did not see any. <laughs> that is you, I think, speaking from the sort of wedding crashes unrated type. <laughs> well, we like. are coming off of movies where we saw doll boobs. Why is that out of the question? So you were oh, like, yeah, point. the next logical step would be like doll, squeaky pla- doll yeah, penis. Yeah, would be let's go a little farther south. <laughs> Some doll, doll penis and doll balls. Yeah. I'm sorry that you've been disappointed, Ali. <laughs> I was really I think, upset. <laughs> I think I can already sense what your your wrap up's going to be at the end of this episode. Just not because enough. of that, would Chucky not enough, not enough would, doll would, penis? Would Chucky have orange pubic hair? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, why you think he dyes it? Well, no, like because he's a, well, he's his, a little it boy could look doll. Like his because he's a little boy doll. Oh. Oh no. Well, is he though? I mean, when you have a doll, what is it? Is a doll? I think it's like a whole different species. I think it's kind of like trolls or smurfs. They could be grown-ups. He has hair on his head, but his eyebrows are like painted on and they're not red. Mm. So you think he'd have I think painted on pubes. I think normal rules don't apply. Normal rules don't apply, right. Because remember, Glenn so. Glenda like didn't th- have anything. He just had a mound. That's true. Smooth. Smooth. <laughs> I like to think that he's a natural you- brunette and he just dyes it. He bleaches <laughs> it and then dyes it ginger. <laughs> Would one option make you happier, Alex? No, I'd rather not see Chucky's penis like you. So, (laughs) (laughs) I see. And I would have been happy to have not seen the boobs as well. So I'm happy with no doll (laughs) nudity. Interesting. (laughs) Um, Controversial decision there from you, Alex. Uh, So what happens? Yeah, Nika then breaks free. Chucky runs her hacks into her leg, but of course she doesn't feel anything. Mm -hmm. Superpower. I think. (laughs) What a Um, badass! And at that point, this guy. I just wanted to mention we get that classic Chucky roar running towards camera. Oh yeah, yeah, screwed yeah, up we face, did. yeah, like grumpy eyeball, yeah, just like, the very kind of classic look. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of weird because it is kind of cool, I guess. Like that they're using the her, uh, yeah, they're using her like this in a way, like she can just get cut As an up. Advantage. But then, yeah. yeah, but again, they don't do that much with it. Like it's not like she, you know. She doesn't. Uh, he just stabs her there because he's at that height. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like yeah. he stabs at her and she like uses her legs to block it or something like that. And plus, you might not feel anything, but you the pain like now, the effect of the you're wound still going to bleed there. out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just still able to fight back because it hasn't hit you yet. <laughs> exactly. And then, okay, here's the thing for me that I want to talk to you guys about because she then cuts his head off. Yep. No blood, mm-hmm. like zero yeah. blood. I wrote so, that down. Yeah, I wrote he is new now, mythology. Again. Because yeah, he's now... Hun- well, is it new mythology? Because, okay, let's go with the rules. Let's, let's go back into our book of Dembala, shall we? Because <laughs> what they've always said is that he has a certain amount of time where he before he becomes purely dull and he's trapped in that body forever. And then they've always said he can't Dembala his way out of the doll after a certain period of time which is why he's always in this panic like this rush panic of i've got to get into yeah always a child for some reason <laughs> he never wants to be a grown-up so all right if we're following on from the end of seed i don't really i don't know exactly how he ended up in the depository but you know he's still as we're about to find out he's got aid so okay sure stuff happened that we didn't see he's ended up in this situation he's been shipped to this place to take care of like old business that he just hadn't bothered to for many many <laughs> years before in the franchise uh, but he's been now in the doll because he decides at the end of seed that he's happy being chucky doesn't he yeah he makes but that my, speech. my understanding of the dembala thing was 
even if he became permanently stuck in the doll, he would still be flesh and blood. Yeah, he still has human organs. He's oh, still able so to be killed. Oh, so then he's just killed. like a mortal doll. Yeah, which is why we always saw him in the previous ones getting cut and bleeding because the longer he spent in the doll, yeah. the the more human it would become, but also meaning... Oh, so the, the opposite way around then, basically. So he would start just like a doll and then he gradually gets more fleshy inside more and more as he becomes that. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah, okay. So this makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I was kind of weird. Because he hasn't even, they can't, they haven't even gone with he's sort of embalmed himself into a new doll in between films because he's got all the scars. He mm-hmm. still has the same scars. Yeah, mm. that was and like with the ending. What they're insinuating is that he's been around for a while before ending up at this house. Interesting. Yeah, right? I want to give them. I want to give Don Mancini the benefit of the doubt here, but this, yeah, definitely seems weird and just a weird thing not to do. It's like, why not just put the blood in him like you normally? Yeah. Do? I mean, it's not the hardest of effects. I appreciate it's a little bit more tidy up, but yeah, it's you know, sort of one of those. We, we, that's what interns are for. It's yeah. it's one of those things where I feel like Chucky fans would watch it and be like, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't add up as we're currently doing. And then for yeah. people maybe new to the franchise where this has kind yeah. of elements of being a reboot, it would just be like, oh, okay, he's a possessed supernatural doll. And it would tie into that kind yeah. of world, I think. I find it less creepy though, actually, that he's just a doll like that, you know. Yeah, me too. I kind of, I kind of like it with the blood inside. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that I always too. looked cool when, especially like in those moments where it was still sort of transformative. It wasn't quite all fleshy or organs, but you'd you'd see the blood and you'd see bits of sinew and muscle, and it always looked cool. Yeah, but the f- it's also fun to see the like the characters in the film reacting to the doll bleeding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. At the same time, though, is yeah. though even though it sort of like brought a big question mark for me, and clearly you guys as well, I was kind of I still was going along with it. I was like very accepting that there was Don Mancini was throwing a few things out there, but not necessarily giving any answer to them. Well, yeah, I presumed when I saw this the first time, I was like, oh, that's weird, and then I thought, well, actually, sorry, no, the first time it didn't really occur to me because I had been so long since I been in a Dabala myth I couldn't remember anything <laughs> but this time yeah when we're watching Alex I was I I thought that's weird but there must be a reason for this and he's going to explain it mm. at some point so we'll pick through these next routines in case there's a way out but I don't think there is I think yeah <laughs> I think it's a weird inconsistency with the law so then uh, Nika wraps the gash in the leg and we see Chucky's body getting up in the background I really like this shot where he's out of focus and it's like yeah. typical slasher trope, but then it's his like body his just little gets hands and... out. Yeah, yeah, and it's really cool. Like in focus, it wouldn't work so well, but it being out of focus while she's sort of doing her yeah. thing, I think it's really cool. And then he shoves her over the banisters in a similar way he, we presume that he did with her mother. I mean, actually, yeah, like I mean, it looks a bit weird again. I think Ali maybe is going to moan about it because the effects aren't great. But I really <laughs> like the intentions. Like it's it's so rare to get a wide shot of someone falling. You always do it like here's them falling, but you can't see the floor. And now here's the floor because that's a separate setup. So to get like here is the entire scene of her over the banisters heading towards that marble floor in slow motion looked really cool to me. I like it. Allison, <laughs> it was good. There was no weird plasticky, <laughs> silky blood that we were seeing reflections in. 
All right, Allie. All right. You asked me. Don't ask me. Well, then blood starts seeping out of her leg wound. And we get this weird sort of victory music as Chucky's walking down the stairs. And we're clearly in... Yeah, they're swapping, I think, to the f- for the first time in this film to a, a child actor or to a small person. Like, to, yep. there's somebody's in the suit. Yeah. And we're doing that thing that they like to do when it's like, all right, when we have to do this, we do a top-down <laughs> yep. shot. So you can't tell perspective. <laughs> yep. But you still can tell perspective. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that- <laughs> and they're not getting this actor to walk the way even the CGI one does, where earlier it's like, well, the CGI doesn't look great, but at least they're getting it to walk stilted mm. like the puppet does. This actor's not walking stilted. They're just like smoothly strolling down yeah. the stairs. Like a gazelle. <sighs> and it's hard because I like these moments where it's like, oh, it's definitely real. But at the same time, it looks really stupid because like, well, it's obviously much bigger. And obviously just a person in a suit. Is this working for you guys at all? (laughs) Um, I mean, at this point, I find it, uh, it was funny. Like it was so, it was so obvious and so noticeable, but I think a little more forgivable compared to Seed of Chucky when they're like having the sword fight. Oh yeah. Is it Sword of Chucky or Bride of Chucky? It's Sword of uh Seed Seed of Sword of Chucky. Seed of Chucky. Sword of Chucky. The Sword of Chucky. That's the film that wants to see. That was good. Yeah, sorry, it was Seed of Chucky, right? Where it was Bride of Chucky, where they're having the sword fight and it's like top down and it's clearly two people like that one was Oh yeah, no, that's the end in the graveyard. Yeah, that one Isn't was. It? So that that is that is Bride. That is the end of Bride. Like that one was was far too much and like way too obvious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think actually there is another one in Seed of Chucky. Maybe when they're moving a body. Yeah, I mean they're all over. They do it every now and then. So this they? one for me was a bit more forgivable, <laughs> even though it was very jarring and stood out. So. Yeah, I think there have been weird moments with his movement in every film up to this point. That now we're just like. There's going to be some weird, awkward, yeah. Yeah, it almost feels like just a signature little thing to add now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where will we make it obvious that this is a person? I was still caught up in that first one when he walks across the room and gets on the bed. Magic, I tell you, (laughs) magic. (laughs) So Nika, though, is still alive. And this is the moment. This is where we finally get to understand what is going on here. Because they come on, Chucky comes over, they have a little chit-chat. And we learn through a flashback done in black and white Schindler's List style <laughs> with color coming through just for sunflowers. What a comparison. <laughs> I feel that's what Don Mancini was going for. And he deserves yeah. to be held in that lofty manner. Don't say that. So they have, this is basically like filling in the gaps from the home video that they're watching where Chucky explains that he was a friend of the family. So it, it's implied that he killed the father as well, isn't it? Yeah during this yeah. yeah but we don't see him do it but it's implied he killed the father because he was from afar in love with the mother who he met via a friend essentially yeah uh, but here's why i'm confused because we have him being introduced to the mother by a connection but at the funeral for the father who it's then implied that he killed so he must have been somehow stalking these people already and then what like become friends with one of their friends to have a way in or something like there's a lot of missing information here well, they like intro. They go back to that same party where she's pregnant with Nika, and he's there and like meeting everybody. So it's as if he's already oh, in the-, the group. Oh, is that with the father? Because the dad's alive. Yeah, the dad's in alive. That scene. Yes, yes, you're and right. And it like, right. and Sorry, it becomes clear muddled. that there's an infatuation. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I'm getting muddled. Yes, yeah. you're correct. 
I was mixing up the scenes between the funeral scene and the and the sort of weird picnic party yeah. thing that they're doing that I don't really understand what it is, but I feel I'm missing now from my social life. Why don't <laughs> also, we all that baby baby Barb, baby Barbara looks literally nothing like what grown up Barbara looks like. No, I know. And I understand some some different. children don't look like they do when you grow up, but that was like on, they wait. found the most opposite looking child they could have gone for so now you've got a problem in the child's play film that ali doesn't like yeah no i think she was great i think barbara was horrible and they should have cast someone who looked more like the baby (laughs) interesting just get the baby to play the adult just get the baby yeah okay so we get this whole scene where we have uh toby wizu Charles Lee Ray who it, that whole scene of because it's outside in that park I just kept expecting him to start playing American football yeah. with someone <laughs> real American football so yeah we immediately see that he's sort of got this creepy thing for the mother uh, yeah who's pregnant with Nika and then we cut to him just a hard cut to him kidnapped having kidnapped the mother already yeah and she's tied to a table and he's keep he's brought her billion sunflowers mm-hmm. which again i mean it's i mean this explains why she painted the sunflowers because she's you know been in sort of a ptsd from it all from all these years but don't I don't know why he would be getting sunflowers. Like, do we need to dig further into this hole? They're hard to find. They're out of season. Well, he seems to have found a lot for something that's out of season. So he's I think showing, I'm going to put a lot of work in by finding something think, that's very difficult. I think with sunflowers are out of season, they're not hard to find. You just can't find them. <laughs> they're just not yeah, there. <laughs> they are not alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But he's got like thousands of them. For, yeah some bizarre reason and then we get to see so this is interesting because he is painting different lore into what we've seen before so we're then getting to see a much nastier side of charles lee ray here there's tons of insinuations of he's going to go and pick up barbara from from school so there's weird creepy insinuations there the mother's trying to stop him all in tears and then he starts talking about well when you have the new baby you're going to keep me away from her as well and there's all really you know freddy krueger insinuations is what they're now doing with charles yep. lee ray and painting him in a very different light whereas before he was you know just a friendly strangler yeah <laughs> let's not forget the boston strangler <laughs> friendly neighborhood so presumably with this family he started just strangling the, the father and then was like ah now i'm into <laughs> taking over people's lives you know doing bad things to the mothers and the kids and mm-hmm. i mean i don't know it's not been his mo up until this point wait did he strangle the dad I don't know. It's off screen, but I'm presuming. Okay. Yeah, I don't think. I'm presuming it's part of the strangling. Yeah, they say he drowned. But remember, in Child's Play, he was called the Lakeshore Strangler. Maybe Mm. dumped a body. So I wonder if there's any connection there. Oh boy, Mm. I'm so deep in Chucky mythology. (laughs) Man, you're so so intelligent. What has happened to me? But we still, don't, I mean, did either of you guys, because I, the first time I'm watching it, you're just taking it as it comes and I'm still thinking, okay, they're painting new law. I had no idea what they're about to do, which they're about to loop the whole thing back to the first film mm-hmm. because somehow she's called the police. So we're not really sure about how that's happened. They just suddenly turn up. He's like, did you call the police while strapped to this table? Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. But the police turn up and then he goes on a run and then lo and behold, we are in a recreation of the first film's opening scene as he's on the run from the police. We don't get off that great detective comeback, sadly, because yep. he was amazing. 
and we don't get his friend Eddie. He's disappeared. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, completely. Nor and he I, was I, his apprentice strangler. The thing that I was looking for was uh, something they obviously added in Bride of Chucky, which was the necklace that he was wearing. But obviously they played yes. footage from Child's Play 1 where there was no necklace because they hadn't made that bit up yet and they hadn't added yeah, it Yeah, did in. they play it? Was this old footage? Could they definitely shoot some new stuff for this? But then does it go into old footage? Yeah, or is it I, def- I think it definitely new. goes into old footage. Some of it's old shots. Could this have been such a good opportunity to yeah, put that necklace on him, really kind of retcon everything that they want to retcon from this point moving forward? But they don't. They don't. Yeah, this like... They seem to not really care about sticking to the history. Yeah, this bit was really interesting for me because I thought, like, up until this point, I was enjoying the fact that we were just getting kind of little snippets of the lore and the history in Chucky's past. And then this was a real surprise that they were like, hey, we're going to tie it all together and right yeah. back to the beginning. Well, we've had, like, we've had three pretty substantial twists here. Like, you've had, like, the 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 nanny... And the mother twist, which was like a little twist, but it still was a cool moment. And yeah. then you've got the Chucky is actually tied into all the previous Chucky's when he pulls off his face and you got the scars, mm-hmm. which for me was a really cool moment. And then you got this one on top, which is like, oh, like it, this is how the film began. And we're really sort of watching in this flashback, a prequel to the originals. And that's it's a really cool moment. And yeah. And when we're sitting there watching it together, Alex, you did a, a proper exclamation to that. You're like, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> Mancini. done it again he's done it again well played sir and so yeah maybe you're gonna mention this next bit because then chucky talks about the steps to getting back to the family which he says he did by going through the barclays the kincaids who i'm assuming is the foster family from the second one i couldn't remember their yeah. last names yeah and then yeah, the, they... and then eventually the tillies yes yeah <laughs> but why like again, I understand. <laughs> yeah. like, it's nice that he name checks them, but it's like, but why did you have to go for all of them? Why couldn't you just go straight to here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I appreciate what he's doing a lot. I think these are cool ideas. They're very bold. But again, what other horror franchise by part six is trying to tie things in in this cool way? But it doesn't really work. I don't mm. think we'd have to go yeah, back. Yeah, no. We'll it's if it's if they're making it, if they want it to be this big of a thing for Chucky, like this family is was the end goal, then it's something that should and would probably have been mentioned in the other previous yeah. films. If this was like the whole reason of where he was running from in the first movie, then this is a big thing that would have been brought up probably. He's going to go back. And what's beautiful about having a doll is you could just like reshoot scenes and edit them into your old movies. And he can just do Chucky <laughs> saying new things. Just re-release everything. Family. Yeah, I'll just do George Lucas. It'll be great. Did you, were you enjoying this moment, Noelle? Or are you, you know, are you not buying I, these twists? I mean, the twist, it doesn't bother me. What I think just because the other films have, like each film after the second, probably third well, no, starting in the second one, they kind of rewrite their history in every film anyway. So, like, by the time I got to this, I was like, he would totally have brought that up already. But then it's already, like we were saying, with when they have an actual person acting as Chucky, it's already happened so many times that we're kind of just assuming, oh, there's going to be new stuff that might not correlate to the previous films, even though it should if they're going off of their history. But right. I'll take it, I guess. Yes, you will. There's nothing else you can do. I got no choice. Got also, no choice. does Nika remind anybody of Mandy Moore? Nope. No? Of who? You didn't see that? 
Mandy Moore. Uh, I mean, no. She kind but of I looked like her, saying. and then in like that scene, she was like, like turning around. I think it's in her smile. Yeah, I think the physique and the hair are kind of similar, but yeah, but I would, I will take, I will take Miss Dourif any day over Mandy Moore. Like she's, she's much more interesting as an actor, I think. Oh no, I, I thought she was cool, but I, the, I guess when she's like laying on the floor and turns around and starts being a little snarky with him, I was like, she's really right, reminding right, right. me of Mandy Moore for some reason. <laughs> lying on the floor and being snarky. Lying on the Typical floor and being Mandy snarky. Moore. Did you guys also notice in these flashbacks, amidst all the sunflowers, there's like one shelf, and they've put all these voodoo items on that one <laughs> shelf in I the did. background. Ah, uh, did I notice that? I, I did not. I don't know if I did. Just to try and just like go, you know, he's also into voodoo as well as strangling, as well as kidnapping mothers and their daughters and sunflowers. How does he make money in between it all? I don't know. Yeah, and then uh, Chucky brings out what the knife of Dembala. <laughs> Just out of nowhere, it says, I've always had a thing for families, especially kids. I'm sorry, this is not Chucky, Chelsea Raymond. And then he stabs the mother, which is, of course, why Mika Nika is uh, handicapped in this version, which is kind of, yeah, the cool. I mean, it's, it's not, it's like a cool little it's a moment to realize. To- yeah, exactly. And to repaint, like, okay, this is why her mother was actually was at the beginning when someone's just, you know, chatting her up. Yeah, no, or Nika's problems her entire life, like, have, you know, been influenced by Chelsea Ray. Or, like, I don't know. I think it's, again, it's these really cool ideas. I don't think they do enough with any of them mm-hmm. in this film, at least. But it's cool ideas. Yeah, and then he says, it took me 25 years, but believe me, it was worth the wait. Which is like, well, okay. <laughs> Didn't need to take you 25 years. <laughs> no, that was <laughs> your decision, you, my friend. Could have taken you two months, but <laughs> sure. But yeah, I do have written down here in my notes, this is my favorite version of Chucky uh, so far, by far. Like, I just I just love the balance of him here. I think he's getting to say those Chucky lines, but he's doing it in a more creepy way. And I, But I still have his personality that I know most genre fans would be upset if you got rid of the Chucky personality. It's a thin line for me to play it right, and I really like how they're playing him here. But Anika realizes that he's got a, he's pretty arrogant. He's got an ego. So she starts challenging him that, oh, but he failed and he never killed Andy Barkley. So she mocks him for taking so long to get to her, basically, which she should. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and Chucky, as, and this is very, you know, very Chucky. He's all like, like male and, and just gets all like angry and embarrassed about it. Um, and then the electricity comes back on and she crawls the elevator, just managing to get out of the way of Chucky. And she, but she has to hold the door shut. Uh, she starts cutting at her hands again and again and again, and then she grabs a knife, and Chucky does his trademark biting, yep. which has to occur yep. every single film. Gotta nibble, nibble. But this is weird, though, because then she starts, like, he's biting and, like, tearing, and then she stabs him, and when she pulls the knife out, there's, like, f- stuffing just coming out of him. Yeah, again. Do you not notice that? Like, just floating in the air? Yeah, weird. Yeah, it, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I thought it was snow. <laughs> because of how much there was and it was like coming from the top of the elevator and i was like why the fuck is it snowing inside <laughs> and i was like what is going on this makes no sense you're in the middle of the house <laughs> it's one of those you know indoor snowstorms that you get in i was so confused and frustrated about why th- these things were happening and they were getting away with it 
Man, that's funny. Like, I wrote who, the kid and go, don't man see me in your indoor snow. <laughs> you get away with this. I was like, you know what? We're going to drop this. Even if it like if it's supposed to be stuffing, who was like, we're going to drop it from the top of the stairs because that's where it would come from. You are a stickler it's for so the little weird. details of this movie. <laughs> Uh, well, I wrote down how this deeds to begin with, which I was confused about. And then I was like, I was fluffers. Oh, come on. Like, how many movies? How does it make sense? The amount of bubbles that were in Pride of Chucky. But we all let that get away with it because it looks cool. Like, mm-hmm. movies just, you know, it, like any movie where someone stabs a pillow. And then for the next five minutes, feathers is just falling from the yeah. ceiling. Yeah, but normally there's something else that's, like, really good in the scene that you're like, I'll forgive it because this is funny or because that was Whoa, good screenwriting. <laughs> Alice. You guys are both being very forgiving with this, and I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> the stuff, I, I mean, I just, I was just enjoying it. Like the stuffing, I, I mean, it's the stuffing was, that's all I was concentrating on. It's like, why is there stuffing when A, he should be bloody? You show me he's not bloody, yeah. but then you showed me he was just a plastic doll. So, like, why is stuffing coming out of him as well? Like, I was kind of confused with more of that stuff, the lore of yeah. the doll than the lore of the sort of filmmaking, which I just take it for, you know, you do what looks cool. That's what you got to do. I'll remind you of this, the next of our film shoots are on Ali. And I'll and be I'll Alec, can you just stand up this ladder I'll... and drop these feathers, please? No, I'm sir. Say, hey, no. No way. <laughs> Where are they coming from? Are they coming from the ground? I'll throw them from the ground. It's a feather cloud. Feather cloud in, inside. Just put a little fan there. So then the police finally turns up and they find Nika bleeding on the floor. And of course, they think that she did the killings while Chucky is just sitting innocently on a chair so it's a pretty short finale to be honest like when it finally the pin drops and we get the realization of what's going on the battle for me is a bit too short they've taken up most of the runtime with his pot boiling kind of style building the tension and the payoff is pretty just like done and dusted by the time you get there slightly unsatisfying ali very unsatisfying <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> can't even make the words you just look <laughs> yeah for me is it next week yet can we talk about the next one for me like i agree that the isn't as satisfying but it kind of has that sort of reboot sort of feel do you know what i mean like it's setting it up for the the next chapter like we've we've hit the reset button slightly feels like the beginning of something Mm. rather than the end of something but yeah then we cut to a court case Hmm. which uh, Alex correctly immediately was like, hmm, we've been talking about this court case ever since the second movie where Don Mancini had written it opening with the court case of Andy Barclay's mother as they decide that, no, she's insane and has to be put away while she shouts at Chucky in the evidence depository, well, the evidence, whatever you call it, table. And that's exactly what we get here. The judge rules that Nika should be put in a facility for the criminally insane. Chucky is an exhibit in the courtroom and she shouts at him, I'm still alive, you son of a bitch, and sort of maniacally laughs at him. While the police officer looks like, from whatever he's heard in the court case, he's now like, oh man, <laughs> this doll. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she was right all along, but still lets her be wheeled away. And then he takes Chucky and we get a scene that looks very similar to the opening scene in Bride of Chucky, where he's taking Chucky in the bag from the depository, and then he rings up someone to say he's on his way while in the car. It's almost exactly the same as yep. the beginning of Bride of Chucky. Yeah. And then again, almost, and he says not to forget his money. But then we get, for me, a very, very cool shot, which is the uh, Chucky's evidence bag breathing and just like going in and out in his mouth. Yeah, I really, really like that bit. I mean, the whole part... Yeah, it was it was an echo of Bride of Chucky, the start, but that breathing it just looked look cool. r- really, really cool. 
And then obviously that leads straight into Jennifer Tilly coming out of the back seat and <laughs> slashing his throat. Now, is this exactly the same as Bride of Chucky? I think it is a throat slash. Yeah. Does, does she lean through I, the window in Bride of Chucky? Rather she leans than... through. She leans through the window in Bride of Chucky. Yep, yep, yep. But it's a, almost identical scene, which is a strange yeah. decision. <laughs> there yeah. you go. No That's shot through MO, the trash bag this time. <laughs> We're getting a that was the cool shot last time. Was it was like with the now again camera around the bag around the camera. This time we got the breathing instead, which was cool. Mm. Yep. No, exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we have to decide. Are we calling Jennifer? Is she? Tiffany? Yeah, because we end with is, really. Tiffany I think we being, call her Tiffany. or assuming that Tiffany yeah, has she's taken Tiffany. over her body now. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we the see green it eyes. at the end of the seat, don't we? That Tiffany's definitely taken over Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. And then she looks at Chucky and she just says, so who's next? And then we cut and we Whoa. see Tiffany, which is for me is cool. Like, I love we that idea of like, oh, together. wow, okay, cool. They're now like, whatever happened. So I don't know what happened at the end of Seed because he sent his bloody stumped of an arm to his <laughs> terrifying son. But somehow they've got back together since then, decided to re-team up and to tidy up all the loose ends that for some reason Hasn't Chucky brought up until now. Know, never mentioned before, but now he has. Well, Tiffany does get jealous. Yeah, but I'm fine with that if that gives us... But if that gives us a good propulsion mechanism for more entries, then I'm fine with that. Cool. Just see Chucky going mm-hmm. to places with an actual agenda rather than just, oh, I'm here. Here's a kid. I'm going to try and yeah. damn baller into it and antics will ensue. <laughs> I'm much happier yeah. saying, no, I've got a reason to take down this family. It's a shame that the back history they give us here really consolidates it just to one family. I feel there's a way you could have done it where it would have broadened the scope, much like A Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, with Freddy immediately going, his initial thing is I want to take down the kids of all these families who murdered me which is a good simple conceit mm. that you can keep adding to as much as you want. With this, mm-hmm. I don't think they necessarily do that enough, but I'm still happy with, cool, who's next? Like, where are we going to send you to? And then we cut to seeing Tiffany overnighting a package in kind of goofy, prolonged, ridiculous scene. Yeah. <laughs> She's talking to the post office and they're like, how much is it worth? It's like, you can't put a price on love and all these ridiculous things which i would like to try doing that in a ups store (laughs) (laughs) yeah the girl does a really great job of being annoyed by her which i liked (laughs) yes but then we have so that's like one scene and now we've got to another scene where we get uh allison who is the little kid who we saw earlier who yeah what happened with her i'm forgetting now actually because we just phased her out at some point she was hiding in no, the closet. She, she, she was hiding in the closet, yeah. The whole time. So the police officers just found her yeah. and relocated her mm. into the foster system. Another recurring no, theme. No, she's living with her no, grandma. No, she's with her grandma. Oh, of course. Yes, she's living with her grandma. Uh, she's at her grandma's house. Then we find out that that's where Chucky has been sent to, as if it's important mm-hmm. <laughs> to kill this kid. Or is he trying to dambala? Yeah. We're about to find out. There's all these hints that grandma's dead in the basement. Chucky comes out and talks to a little kid, and the little kid's you know, obviously knows Chucky and sort of trusts him. So then he tells her that he wants to play hide the soul. No voodoo clouds, Alex. No voodoo clouds. No voodoo clouds. And don't you think it's funny that she trusts him even though she saw him reveal his intentions at the house? Yeah. And now (laughs) her parents are dead. And realized that everybody was dead. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. A little strange. The kids are very trusting in these movies of of ginger dolls. (laughs) That seems to be... (laughs) And he's now decided to Dembala into her. He had plenty of time to Dembala into her at the house. So I don't... Again, his intentions and his organizing skills of how he, you know, deliberates his schedule, not great. 
not great. I feel Chucky could do with some better forward planning on things. Yeah, and then we like pan across. He's doing a, an even more extended version of the Dembala, which goes on for ages. And we like pan across the kitchen, and then they try and give us a last scare with the grandma, I presume, who's not in the basement apparently, but just lying on the floor in front of both of them with a bag over yeah, with her the head. Bag. Yeah, suddenly like comes back to life, like gasping, and that's it. That's I mean, for the rated cut, that is the end of the film. And for me, after so many cool twists. And even a bit, I'm not a fan of Jennifer Tilly and Tiffany's character at all. I, I, I was kind of happy she was gone, but it makes sense. Like mm-hmm. that, that last scene with her at the post office, I liked. I thought it was a good poetic way to see it out. Where are you sending him to next? That's all I need. This whole scene here, I don't need any and of it. Cut there. I don't need any of this. I stuff. agree. Agreed. I think we're all in agreement there. And it just yep. muddies, muddies everything because one, it's like, well, why is the little kid that important? And B, why do you have to dimbaler into that kid now? And if you are dimbaling into that kid, is that what we're setting up now? Is that okay? The next yeah. movie you would be well, if in you this end, kid. If you end with Tiff or Tiffany, are we calling her Tiffany? Saying where are we sending you next? You're leaving it so much more open for the next sequel. Yeah, you can go anywhere. You can go with that. anywhere. But now with this, we're assuming. Oh well, now we're going to start with this little girl again. Yeah, or but the then when they don't, because have... they break all their rules, we're gonna be like, "Why are they doing that? Didn't it end with her, him getting into the girl?" Well, and also then the, the grandma wakes up. She's like, "Well, maybe the grandma stopped it," but then you're just muddling everything. Yeah. However, however, if you're watching the unrated version, in my opinion, at the post credits, you then get the scene, which is what the next scene should be. <laughs> like, I don't see why you don't yeah. just take out the daughter scene. The little girl. Do this because what happens? We get a post-credit scene where we get a package being delivered to a grown man who takes it upstairs. We then get him go and start talking to his mother, and as he's talking to his mother on the phone, he's pat. We're panning by all these photos, and we kind of get a ridiculous succession <laughs> of of little hat tips to all the previous Chucky films, including the military school and the old photo of Andy and his mother. And we realize that it yeah. is Andley Barkley. As a grown-up, Alex, you got this immediately because you've seen some photos of him like on his IMDb mm-hmm. and stuff, haven't you? Ali, did you catch on to this straight away? Uh, when, I, when they're panning around the room and they show the photos, I was like, oh, okay, it's Andy. Cool. Um, did you get it was the same actor, I, though, straight away? Not until they cut to the black screen and pulled his name up, and then I laughed and wrote down, Alex Vincent, if you're in the next one, I hope you're a better actor. <laughs> oh! Doesn't even like him as an adult. Well, he doesn't do it. I know I liked this scene. I think it was hilarious to end with like him with the gun in Chucky's face. Like that's what should have happened in so many of the movies that we've already seen in this series. Yeah. Of just somebody finally being like, I don't care if this is true or not. There have been too many stories in the news. Not going to happen. And like shoot yep. him in the face. So even if it wasn't Andy, that's one thing that's weird about this is like in this movie, they acknowledge all of the history of Chucky. And there's like, if you Google him, there's URL after URL after URL of different stories of like, now mm-hmm. this person's saying Chucky did it. Now this person's saying Chucky did it. So you would think at some point, somebody would be like, I don't know if I believe in this, but it's still a little fishy. Yeah. And like, maybe. <laughs> well, to be fair, Nika does. Nika completely some... does. Yeah, no, she does. But no one else and in the world like does. It. Yeah. What well, like, doesn't is, care. This is really going to court and... You have all of these stories happening all over the U.S. and you don't, you still don't believe people that something weird is going on. 
So yeah, for Andy to like confirm, Andy or for anybody to see the doll and be like, "Not today, motherfucker," and just shoot him in the face is amazing. Yeah. No. Well, this is completely what Andy would do, and it's fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I actually, I like Andy for the most part, as we said in previous podcasts when he was a kid. This scene, nah, he's not great. Uh, he seems very wooden, but this scene's so cool. And you get that close up of Chucky, like, while Andy's back is turned and he's on the phone, you get a close up of Chucky's knife, like, cutting through the package. And Chucky's trying to be all sneaky, sneaky. And then he comes out, yeah, and the shotgun's just in his face. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. Love it. It's really cool. Love it. And it goes off. We go straight to credits. And the first credit is, yeah, and Alex Vincent as Andy Barkley, which is yep. nice little nod there. Don't I can't comprehend why you'd cut this from the rated version. It's the ending of this film that should be there. I don't even know why you'd necessarily even have it. I'm fine with it as a post credits, but you don't need it. But if like just take out the scene of the grandmother and the daughter yeah. and either have this immediately before credits or leave it before credits with Jennifer Tilly sending him off and then this is your post credit scene on all versions of the film. Cause this is the ending of the movie for sure. Yeah. Baffling. Agreed. I agree. And I loved this the first time I saw it. That made me, that was like the cherry on top for me of like, cool, I've had all these twists I didn't expect. And then that at the end was like, that's great. Even in my foggy memories, I remembered who Andy Barkley was. So, yeah. So that was Curse of Chucky from 2013. He wouldn't get to return for only four years till the next one I was talking about next week, Cult of Chucky. But before we get there, <laughs> I'm very interested. We need to go through our feelings on this movie i'm gonna start with well i can start with alexander how you doing alex with me yeah with you buddy tell me some of your yeah, feelings cool. of curse of chucky so as we spoke about in the last podcast i i said that if i had paid to to have seen seed of seed. chucky i would have been very reluctant seed sword not sword of chucky seed of chucky <laughs> I would have been very reluctant to see another Chucky film after that. I really, really enjoyed Bride of Chucky. And for me, that encapsulated the bright balance of, of for further Chucky character that I was on board with. And that was it. I didn't want any more. But this one, I felt like I was on board right from the get-go because it's so immediate. Even though it has a, it does have a direct-to-TV DVD feel, it still has a very immediate... It makes a very immediate statement of like what the tone is, which was so far removed from from Seed of Chucky that I was like, great. I, I felt like I could give it a bit of space, a bit of a chance. And I really, really enjoyed it, actually. I, I enjoyed that it actually did what I wanted of the next film after Seed of Chucky. Like I said, I wanted... I wanted Don Mancini to strip back everything that had become messy and unnecessary and trim the fat, as I said, you know, and really folk have a story focused on on Chucky. And it did that. And I and you know, it and, and it surprised me in places which I'd never felt before in this franchise. You know, it surprised me in that yes, I felt like it was for part of it, I was like, is this a reboot? Is he just completely resetting the world? But then it had these nice little hints and and sort of nuggets that dropped the history and to show that it was all connected. And then the little reveal at the end of Charles Lee Ray and it coming back around to the first film, I really, really liked. I liked that it was one contained environment and it sort of like set up a spooky environmental layer and tension which the other films hadn't had before um with the house and that it sort of laid out 
like I think you said earlier in the podcast, Al, it laid out all the players and then it like set it up with the sort of ticking time bomb. And I really, I really appreciated that he, that Don St. Mancini did go back to sort of things that he had done in the first film in, but not necessarily in a way that felt like he was just rehashing those ideas, but, but just using, using the tension a lot more of like when he was going to reveal Chucky. Cause at this point we all know that he's a killer, crazy psycho doll, but that he still allowed us to have moments of like, is he going to, is he going to come to life? When is it going to happen? And he really stretched out that tension. And I really enjoyed that, that we, we got, we got spookiness out of seeing Chucky still and yeah, playing with that. I really, really liked. Yeah. I thought, Nika was awesome. I thought she was a great final girl. Yeah, really interesting, bold choice to have her paralyzed and to have our lead character have these physical limitations. Yeah, and I think like we discussed it, it sort of does answer that question of like, well, why doesn't anyone kick Chucky? So to give her certain limitations, I think raised slightly the threat of of Chucky a bit more. But my thing is with this film is that as a Chucky film... And having seen the previous films, I think it's this is definitely the kind of reset the franchise needed and certainly one that I wanted. And it's certainly got to a tone that I really like. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've spoken about how much I liked 2 and how cartoony that is, but how much I enjoyed it. Bride of Chucky, I really, really liked as sort of messy as it was with the plot holes and the characters that I didn't really like. But I liked it because... I was on Chucky's side finally, and there was a great balance um, in his humor and violence. Whereas this, I really enjoyed because tonally it was more, felt more mature, and there was still a bit of that humor, but it wasn't filled with that. It felt more contextual when Chucky was delivering his lines. It didn't just feel like, here's, here's a little catchphrase we're going to throw out. So I really enjoyed that. For me, this was like, yeah, the perfect reset of the franchise. And I think lots of fans would appreciate that. However, I feel if you're not a fan of Chucky, and I, and I think I only feel this way because the night before we watched this, I watched Annabelle Creation as a, as a kind of contemporary horror film and doll horror film. If you take it outside of the franchise and you came in and this was the first Chucky film you saw, I think it would be a substandard horror film. And that's where I really sit with this. As as someone that's gone through the whole franchise now, I love it. I love where it sits in the series of films so far. I love the shift in tone. I love that it feels more mature. It feels, yeah, it's playing with different elements and he's making more bold choices and he's sort of trimmed the fat. But as a as if, if you were coming in fresh, I feel like you'd just be like, well, this isn't this isn't great. Like this isn't a good horror. Like it's pretty substandard to what else is around at that time. You know, it's, it's, it tries to bring in like a religious element with the priest, but then that's abandoned really quickly. You know, it has the sort of dull tension, but then it's still feels like a TV film and it's got sort of substandard actors. And so it's, it's a little substandard in that regard, but I, but I hold it, I hold it high in terms of my Chucky films. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like it's uh, when you have that statement from Don Mancini of we wanted to make a standalone film. That's kind of the problem then for you. So you're saying it kind of falls apart as a standalone film a bit when in, yeah. in comparison. 
but as uh, yeah. but in context you like it a lot yeah for sure i think yeah i i don't i don't think it's impactful enough and executed well enough to be a good standalone film that people would be like totally on board with but contextually i think it's i think it's great and and for that reason i i again I, as i've been saying with each podcast it always makes me reassess how i rated the other films how much you love seed now yeah exactly but this film i would at this stage give a seven and a half. Ooh, high scoring oh and I would recommend it I would recommend it though with the caveat that if you're not a Chucky fan just go in with the expectation that this is a cool interesting introduction to Chucky that with backstory that uh, that'll get you sort of up to speed but you're not going to see like one of the sort of A-list kind of horror films and if yeah if i'm gonna sort of say where i want to go next my concern is let's leave that yeah i want to leave that i want to leave that as a last thing okay because i want to pick up from the end of where we wanted to go next to where it does because yeah interesting things might be gonna happen all right allison hello now is your time now is your time exercise (laughs) yourself so i think i mean this movie has a lot of bad things which i've pointed out things that I don't (laughs) like along the way throughout this podcast but there are things that I appreciate in it I do like that it is definitely trying to be a more mature film especially in comparison to the last two which I think all three of us agree that is done really well in Bride of Chucky and not so well in Seed Um, and it was just way too over the top so I think it's smart to step away from that and understand We've done our comedy. People love Bride of Chucky. Let's try and do something totally different, uh, which I appreciate. I think Nika's awesome. I really do. I think she's a great actress. She's a wonderful lead character. I love that she has, like, that they have her in a wheelchair to present the, its own just physically issues that are going to come along with trying to fight Chucky. I think that was smart, and it's a fun way to and an easy way to solve those problems of people like he's just a doll just pick him up and like throw him somewhere else or kick him so i think that's smart there were only i think two well one line for sure that i like really really loved which is when alice tells chucky that she's scared when they're hiding under the covers during the thunderstorm and he just like really seriously and in a sinister way says you fucking should be Because it's like enough humor, but it's dark enough because you know that he's being serious and he's like, oh, I'm just getting started. And I love that because that's the Chucky that I want. And that's the Chucky that I kind of have like flashbacks to when he's, is it the second or the, I think it's the second one where he's just like fucking around with the CEO of the company for no reason. And he's like setting up toy traps in his office. Like he's just doing bullshit just to like fuck with people. But then he's like, I'm going to kill you. And it's like, that's the Chucky that I like. It's He's very dark and he's very much just doing his own thing and not following any pattern or guidebook. He's just kind of doing what he wants. Scanned through my notes. The weird thing with me is I never... Why are you already laughing? <laughs> I was like, I'm just scanning through my notes. It just says, don't like, don't like, don't like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird because I I never notice technical things. Like 
half the time I watch movies, what like in these retrospective podcasts and just for my own viewing pleasure, I hardly ever like take notice of shots or effects or what looks like CGI and what looks like really good CGI, what looks like really bad CGI. So for me, when I notice those things, I'm like, oh, that was enough to pull me out of it, which says a lot for me because normally I'm just like, oh, it was a cool, strong narrative. So none of these other things matter if it doesn't look good and I'm still tied into the story. That's what I'm going to focus on. So maybe I don't know if it's because like the bloodshot is so early on that I just like laughed out loud at it and that was setting the mood for the rest of the movie. Although the super zoom in on the sister's face, 100% way too distracting. <laughs> the close-ups of them eating spaghetti, super unnecessary and really gross. So all of those things just, I don't, they just really bothered me. There weren't enough moments that I like loved and was super happy about that those things didn't matter anymore. Like Chucky only had one really good line that I was like, yeah, Chucky's back. And that wasn't enough for me to, like, make everything else that was a little bit flawed more okay. I thought it had way too many endings, which, like, that's, like, a classic (laughs) thing in horror films is to be like, this is the ending. But if you've seen enough horror, you know that, like, what the, like, textbook ending in any film, like, regardless of the genre, is never the actual ending in a horror film. They're going to do that to psych you out and then have another ending. So you know that that's coming with horror. But this was like, it had like 11 endings. And with the extended scene in addition to it, I totally agree that they should just take that out of post credits and end the actual movie with that. Because I think that's an awesome way to end it. And I probably would have liked it a lot more if they had cut out the little girl and the grandma. So, yeah. In summary. (laughs) Summary. (laughs) I get, I don't know. All in all, I... I didn't enjoy it that much. I enjoyed watching Nika, and I think she was great. So I'm happy that we had a a lead character that I was into and with the whole time. But overall, I think I would probably not recommend this movie. Okay. Whoa. Scoring-wise. Not enough penis. (laughs) What? Just 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 one gratuitous shot. How how would you have recommended this movie? I scoring wise, I need to go back through and look at my other scores because I can't remember what yeah. I gave other films. My least, my least, my two least favorite so far are Seed and the third one, the military one. I think that mm-hmm. this sits right above those two. Right. So I'll have to look over my scoring again, but for now, I'm going to give it a five or a 5.5 just because I don't know. I don't remember what I okay. gave those yeah, other yeah. two. It's in that ballpark. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to get to where we want it to go in a second. Thank you, Ali. I'm really I'm enjoying that there are different opinions of this because I've been the entire way through watching this series. I've been looking forward to getting to these last two movies because these are the ones I'm more excited, most excited about. They really are. And this one, I've been saying ever since the first Charles play. This is where I wanted Charles Play to go tonally. Like this was always for me when you guys were enjoying number two. I was like, I don't enjoy number two because after each one, I'm saying where I wanted it to get to is more this kind of tone. I wanted it to go more serious, uh, more horror, but be able to punctuate it with some of his humor. I do think what I personally want from a Chucky character isn't what anybody else wants from a Chucky. So pairing him back in this makes me happier. 
Like, I actually think he still talks too much in this one. So I would be happy with an almost silent Chucky. For me, my ideal Chucky, which I think I only came to realize through watching this film again, is I would like him to be like Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, that's how I would like Chucky. I would like him slightly unhinged and sort of slurring sentences a little bit and sort of messed up, you know, from from being in the doll. Like, maybe something... He's had so much brain damage from these films that he's kind of like... (laughs) He's just demented... Uh, rather than as articulately malicious as he is. But I get that's not what most people want. So for me, like this is a good balance of... He's creepy in this film. And his, the creepy doll that we talked about earlier with the worried eyebrows for me is like, that is the scariest I've seen Chucky look. And I love it. And when he's yeah, under those blankets and he looks like that suddenly. And then they, he says that line of, you you know, you fucking should be. It's It's great. Because that's, yeah, that's how I want him to be. There are other little goofy moments in here. But I like... I really, really like the opening of this movie. I really, it's again, yes, you're you're right. It feels TV movie in many, many ways. But I do think there's an articulation with how Don Mancini is now getting to shoot, which I find impressive. So yeah, I'm kind of left with this sort of, it looks like TV and it looks bad in many ways because the budget is clear. Like to be clear, this, I think it's like 5 million uh, when I was looking it up um, during this show, which is half as much as Seed of Chucky had to be made, you know. And yeah, you can feel that in places, but I think he's got a much more sophisticated idea of how he wants to tell the story here and does much bolder, cooler things. And no, they don't always work, but unlike Ali, I was I was into the intention so much that when the execution didn't work out, it didn't bother me. It does nearly lose me in a few places like that when you get that to that eating scene it goes on way 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 too long and then whenever the sister was on screen i'm just like it was hard for me to stomach it but just as i was getting bored it popped in all these twists that just came out of nowhere for me the first time i watched it and really just made me excited to have a creator being that bold with yeah a six entry in the franchise and then when it gets to that ending sure the violence is too short there's not enough payoff but i love that it ends in this really upsetting way for nika and then it ends with, again, I'm not a big fan of Jennifer Tilly, but it's, it's a fun fan moment. And that's what I will say is like, I don't think this works as a standalone film. I don't think I can recommend this to people as a standalone film. I think people who want to watch a Charles Play film, you should go and, you know, we'll get to this in a wrap up and we'll see how the next one does. But I still think Charles Play 1 is the better place, you know, to do even for a contemporary audience, even with all of its, you know, stupid 80s moments. This film feels more like fan service to me, but it's fan service in disguise, which is the most fun type of fan service. Like, you don't know how much fan service is in this movie until you're halfway through and then it just keeps on coming. And I love that about it. Like, as someone who's just sat here and gone through all the films, that brought me more joy than any of the films in this series. And as I said at the beginning, I judge horror films of two things. Is it scary or is it fun? Because that's all I'm interested in having with a horror film. I have fun with this movie because of the fan service, mostly. And because of Nika, I think Fiona Dourif is fantastic. Uh, there's a good little story. Apparently, she she wanted the bitchy sister role. That's what she went ahead for. Don Mancini said he auditioned over 300 actresses, and everyone says that he got her just because, you know, it's a favor, basically, to Brad Dourif. But he's very passionate about, no, we looked at 300 actresses, and she was sincerely the best one. And normally, I wouldn't believe that story, and I'm sure it gets in your head because he must have known her through his history with, with Brad Dourif. But she is fantastic. And mm-hmm. yeah, she is. a much she holds her own. better actress than I think this series deserves. But I'm happy <laughs> that she elevates it and then Domancini is trying to elevate it, you know? Yeah, 
I don't know. Like, I get that it's bad, but I just really, really like this movie. I really, really do. I had a point to do with fan service there and I lost it because I went off on a Fiona Dourif little appraisal. <laughs> but it's gone. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't... I, uh, oh. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I don't know where I'm putting it yet in my order for the wrap-up. But it is for sure... Again, intention, like with its intent, this is what I want from a Chucky movie. With its execution, no. I think other films have in the series have done what they're trying to do better than this does what it's trying to do. Uh, so it's going to be a really hard one for me to know where I'm going to put this. But it's definitely right up there for me. It's right up there somewhere near the top. And I'm excited for you guys to see... <laughs> where the next one goes in terms of what happens. Because for the most part, people really like this one. For the most part, this did end up being you know, for the fans and fans are really pleased with this return to going back to what the series started as, but with lots of nods to everything else. The critics enjoyed this one as well. The next one's contentious. The next one is one that very much divides people as to whether they like it or not. So that was the one I was thinking was going to divide Ooh. us. Not this film. I thought Ali would be all in and be like, yeah, at last, like one that's like got some of the horror and some of the fun. So I have no idea now with the next one, which ones of us are going to be pleased. I will tell you one thing. We are going to be continuing the story of Nika. So she will be back and we will get to learn what happens to her next as well as Chucky, maybe. We will see what weirdness happens from Don Mancini. But do you want to hear a couple of the things that he wanted to be next? Which I they're not spoilers because they're not what happens next, but maybe what we get at some point later. He really, really wants to make a train Chucky movie. <laughs> he likes the idea of doing a sort of murder on the Orient Express style film, <laughs> but with Chucky. <laughs> with nice. just like all the compartments that he can kind of go through and have different interactions with people. And... <laughs> This one, I don't know how to like build this up because I know I know how happy this is going to make Ali. Uh, in many, many, many interviews, he has recurrently said the Chucky film he's most interested in making is a musical. Yeah! Oh my god. Well, you just said that that doesn't happen, so I don't know why I'm cheering. <laughs> it doesn't happen in the next film, but he's still talking about it. And we'll get to the end of Cold of Chucky, what he's now saying are his plans for, for the eighth installment. <laughs> but yeah, his intentions even at this point were made very clear. He wants to at some point get to a musical, but he How doesn't funny. he didn't think it was the right time yet. He's still trying to like get back the fans he pissed off with Seed. So he managed to do that with Curse of Chucky for the most part. So he had a little bit more freedom again going ahead with Cult of Chucky, with where he was gonna take that. And yeah, and he took him four more years, so it wasn't a huge gap, but it was big enough. Big enough. I've just my final comment, no, I do agree with you, Alex, which is that when you put this next to a contemporary doll film like Annabelle Creation, which admittedly is made four years later, but still with a lot of similarities. And I do recommend anyone who's interested in this film, go and check out Annabelle Creation because it's, again, it's, it's the lead protagonist is in a wheelchair. There is a spooky doll and it deals with yeah, foster homes as well and stuff. A lot of weird similarities to the Child's Play films and mm -hmm. it only its execution is so much better. <laughs> So much better. It's definitely not going for the laughs at any point. It's definitely fully in the spooky zone. But yeah, an interesting comparison to watch. And I think, like you said, Alex, kind of really does make you realize, okay, the pedigree here isn't that great. But if you're a Chucky fan, I think there's plenty to enjoy. Yeah. Unless you're Ali. For in sure. which case. <laughs> 
skip this one and move on to the next one maybe <laughs> but all right ali you know i'm afraid you're not getting a musical next i know that's what you always wanted for leatherface um, what do you want to happen next i like that he wanted to go with this tone in this movie i think i would appreciate if he stuck with this tone but just like Alex was saying in the last one, like strip it back, get rid of everything that's unnecessary and do what you know you can do well, which I totally understand not having the resources. If you're working with a low budget, then you're going to have to like you're going to get to a point where you need to make decisions of is this effect shot that may look good or it may look like shit going to work. And if you like don't if you think it's like a 50 50 chance, you're going to have to decide whether or not it's worth it. Or if you think it's not going to compromise the film and you'd rather like be bold and take it, then take it. But don't do that for the whole movie. You need to like step back, creatively think of a different option and do it that way. Or just go with like very standard storytelling and just tell the story. Don't rely on anything that you are worried may or may not work. You guys are both I really laughing. Hope- no, I just really hope that no one listens to this podcast and then goes to watch our film Starfish afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you, but what I'm trying to say is pick your moments. Pick where you want to be bold. Pick sure. where you want to try something new. But don't be afraid to just understand that this is what you have and this is what you can work with. And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that and just sticking with like a good old fashioned what you learned in film school way to tell this story. Yeah, but story. you want... But like Bride of Chucky had, you know, what was it like six or seven times the money this had and none of us were really you know you weren't complaining and pushed out by like when the glass shatters from the ceiling of the honeymooning couple and you get tiffany's dull reflection in all of the glass and it looks terrible like it looks so bad because i was enjoying all the comedy of it in this one there wasn't enough happening that i was enjoying that this was okay for me so for me when it's a more mature if you're going with a more mature tone that one's over the top and clearly a comedy and like they're just going bonkers on that one and somehow they pull it off i don't know that i could ever pull it off i'm not saying that i have no idea what i'm doing in that aspect but if you're trying to pull off a more mature tone i think you have more that you need you need a stronger story or a script if you're trying to be serious you're saying with his more noble intentions then that you're going to be less forgiving. That's what you're saying. I mean, you're saying like when you're saying, well, we're just in a party film, then I think he can forgive the problems because I'm having fun. You weren't having fun with this Not film. You weren't really enjoying this film as much. Yeah. So because he was trying to do something more serious and you weren't really having fun with what was there, you're going to scrutinize was... those moments more. Where me and Alex, I think we're on the same page in terms of we were having fun with the rest of it. So those moments didn't bug us mm. as much. Like I'm aware of them. But I just nodded to, all right, that was a nice try. You didn't, that one didn't quite work out. Oh, that was a nice try. That one did work out. But I'm having a fun time with the ride. Not in the same way as a fun Bride of Chucky ride. But for me, in terms of this is where I wanted the series to be the whole time. So I get what you're saying. Like, I do think as a director, he there's, he's getting more interesting. And that's why I'm just happy. Like, he's trying ideas out. And some work and some don't. Yeah, I think there's a very different way you could shoot this. You could shoot this film to look like Mother. You know, you could do something very different with how you direct a Chucky film. And I would love to see that. I do still think it would be great to have someone else come in and take the reins and do something completely different with the Chucky film. But I'm just happy that things are going more my my direction. Um, Alex, what do you want? In some ways, I want more of the same, certainly tonally, and maybe 
but my my concern is is that with the Tiffany cameo at the end, which I enjoyed as a cameo, and I enjoyed the kind of setup that she's still partnering with Chucky and sending him out to kind of tidy up the loose ends. My concern is is that as much as this is kind of reset a lot of things, I'm worried that the next film is going to get in back into that relationship and become that have that become part of the story again which then became messy and is is where i started to like be like no i don't like this like pull it all back so if in the next story jennifer tilly as tiffany is in it but serves the same function as she does at the end of this film then i'd be down with that i I would have actually liked it if maybe if maybe this one ended with the package arriving at Alex Vincent's place and then the next story starting from that point, like us, an, an adult Alex Vincent story. Right. So, yeah, for me, I, I it's hard for me to... I don't, I don't have a kind of clear sense of what I want narratively. I just know that tonally I want it to stay, to kind of like... I guess push on from this film and maybe just refine it slightly. And yeah, it's great that you said Nika's back in it because I think I would want to see her again for sure. But yeah, I, I definitely don't want it to to expand back into like Tiffany Chucky relationship territory. Yeah, well, that's what you said to me. That's the problem is this film has done everything it can to get away from where Seed ended up and yet it's setting the course, the train tracks back towards... Where Seed is again by yeah. bringing Tiffany back in there at the end. Where exactly. Like, ah, you managed to get away from that. You set Chucky off on his own at the end of Seed. It's a nice little fan moment, but yeah, you could you could accidentally course correct in re- reverse, <laughs> essentially. Or in a spiral, mm-hmm. I guess. Yes. All right. Well, we will have to wait until next week. I will say I'll urge you both to try not to look up anything about next week, much like this one. You know, like it's the more fun, the less you know, I think, when going mm-hmm. in. So, yeah, go try and blind. abstain yourselves from... Don't go on your social medias, because I know it's all anyone's talking about still from last year was the release of Cold Chucky <laughs> from a few months ago. It's all over. It is all over. Yeah, next week we'll finally get there where we were trying... Originally, we were trying to aim this to correlate with when Cold Chucky was coming out, but we had to because of scheduling move stuff around so i'm afraid we're hitting it now but i'm excited because this is the film called chucky for better or worse is the film was like this is one i want to talk about with people who have seen the rest of this series to know how they feel about it so we've been on a long road <laughs> to get to this point <laughs> and i'm excited so we will be back next week next friday with the cult of chucky and then we're going to have our franchise wrap up i think actually a few days after that because immediately afterwards I'm going into Hellraiser with some people and we'll be announcing that in our wrap-up series. Who's going to be involved with that? You can head to wearegeeks.com, wearegeeks.com, which is where you can then branch out to all of our iTunes with all of our podcasts almost every Tuesday, almost every week. We have our topical podcast simply called Geeks where we talk about video games and movies and whatever we want to talk about, to be honest. And that has interchanging co-hosts. And then every single Friday we have this, the Horror Channel. We've done Friday the 13th, The Nightmare on Elm Street, Invasion of Body Snatchers, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We're now at the end of Child's Play. Next year we've got Hellraiser, or this year, I should say, because we're now in it which is terrifying (laughs) Uh, we have Hellraiser we've got Halloween which is the one I'm most excited to get to and we've got a whole bunch of cool stuffing fillers in between of little series because we've been doing some big ones we're going to take a break between those big franchises to do some smaller ones we'll announce them very soon 
And if you're on weirdgeeks.com, why not branch out to our Twitch channel where you can subscribe and future-proof yourself for all of our cool content we've got coming in 2018. We are going to launch something very special over there soon, which I'm excited about. We're just in the machinations of making it happen. And also on weirdgeeks.com, you can email us or you can just type in mail at weirdgeeks.com, mail at weirdgeeks.com or head to weirdgeeks and go to one of our social medias to tweet at us directly, whatever you want. And we can try and cover the stuff that you want us to cover. Alison, I think we're busy setting up the fuck off at weirdgeeks.com email from now on. That's going to be yeah, our future. <laughs> that's where you can send our hate mail. Yeah, I love hate mail. Me and Alex were reading through some of our <laughs> Spider-Man Eclipse video <laughs> comments underneath the other day. <laughs> some great little hate mail in that <laughs> that we enjoyed. And it's fun watching your fans fight on your behalf against the haters. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, but both sides can't spell. So you know, I think uh, I think the biggest loser is the English language. Uh, at some point down the line, when we hit a certain target of views, we may do a um, a video of us reading yeah. those comments. <laughs> the I mean think definitely. Comments. We're on. Whoa, we were. What are we on right now? Like six hundred thousand or something. We're just over six hundred thousand, I think. Yeah, we'll set a marker. Maybe when we get to like seven fifty or something, you and I will do a little video just reading through the comments. Cause it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yes, and if you want to talk to us directly, I am Mr. Al White on all the social medias. Mr. Al White. Also on Xbox, where you can play some PUBG or some Friday the 13th with me. Alice Chard. Oh, oh wait, did you say me? Sorry. Yeah, you I said you. Out. I know. <laughs> Sorry, your voice cut for <laughs> like a second. You can find me on Twitter at Alexander Chard. Same on Instagram. Send me a tweet, please. Please send me a <laughs> <Please>. tweet. <laughs> please. <laughs> And Ali Sue. That's the one. Type that into Instagram and I'll pop up. What have you been uh, Instagramming right now? Any puppies? What's on my Instagram? Yeah, your Instagram. But I haven't posted any puppies, but there's always lots of puppies and sharks and food in my feed. Ooh, what's the feed? The people that oh, I follow. Oh, just the stuff you're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> why don't, why don't the- you... Why- <laughs> In in my banquet that I'm eating, there yeah. are sharks and puppies. No. <laughs> delicious. Mm-mm. Puppies are delicious. No, sir. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Looking forward to next week. Until then, we are out. Geeks. Geeks.